Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. <laughs> And if I tell the truth, then that's it, because it's the truth. How do you not believe that? It's the truth. Oh, you don't even want to see the truth. Sources telling Eyewitness News detectives are trying to determine if Smollett and the two persons of interest questioned staged the attack. The uh, attacker, he said, this MAGA country punches me right in the face. So I punched his ass back. The two men hurt who were released overnight are confirmed to be the men on the scene of the alleged incident. Fighting, fighting, fighting. Then I looked down and I see that there's a rope around my neck. And I started screaming. And I said, there's a rope around my neck. A lawyer for the two men told media that they gave new information, new evidence to the investigators. What do you say to a young gay man learn to fight learn to be a fighter i have fought for love i'm an advocate i doubt it you are fake news oh good for you very fake you suck get stuck out i agree with that skag free over he is all right go go yeah five four three i can't do it we'll do it live we'll do it live Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Is that your shocked face? Yeah, Are you shocked? Are you shocked about the <laughs> Jesse Smollett news? Who could yeah, have foreseen? Yeah. I know, I know. That the story about getting assaulted by Trump henchmen in Polar Vortex Chicago was a fraud. I mean, I, I don't want to brag. And actually, I don't want to brag because who, this was the most obvious hoax of all time. Yes, it was. So, and we're pretty good at, at being able to tell which ones are hoaxes. Um, honestly, I'm more judgmental against people who bought this at face value. You have to be an absolute buffoon. Not to have questions about it, but the details of what has actually been revealed this weekend about how this developed are at least a little bit surprising. That is to say, the depths that this guy apparently went to to orchestrate this hoax are unusual. <laughs> and to have it blow up in his face, it's like, yeah, didn't you totally. learn anything, dude? You spray paint a swastika on the door, you set up a GoFundMe, you cash out a thousand bucks and you move on. Move That's on. how you do it. Did you see that meme that was like, America is so great that you have to hire two Nigerians to make you feel oppressed? Yeah. And if, you're, if your plot is to blame redneck white guys. <laughs> Why not hire white people? It's so stupid. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, okay. So we'll, we'll, be, we'll be relatively quick with that because it's so silly. And there's a whole bunch of other news to get to this week, including mm -hmm. major news. Trump sides a budget deal to avoid another government shutdown and then declares a national emergency to build the wall, as we'd been speculating might happen for the last few weeks. Um, 
I'm not a fan of this move at all. I gather maybe you have some questions about it as well. Yeah, initially I was like, all right. But as I dug into this bill today, I was like, this is a disaster. Why, yeah, so, why did he do this? So a lot of people are ripping him for signing the bill one and then the, emer- the emergency declaration two. And yeah, I mean, I, I can't even believe what's in this bill. And I don't even know 99% of it because it's a thousand pages and it you know, got dumped on. I think it's 1600 pages. Oh my God. Anyway, I, I'm I'm not going to uh, try to be one-sided in this. I'm going to try to give the the fairest shake I can to both sides of the emergency declaration debate. I'm going to try to make the case for it, even though I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, in other shocking news, big big night for shocked faces. The Senate Intel Committee closes its two-year investigation of the 2016 election, finding, wait for it, no evidence of collusion between Trump and Russia. I can't believe it. (laughs) Former acting FBI director Andrew McCabe says he had conversations uh, with Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein about removing Trump from office through the 25th Amendment after the 2017 firing of James Comey. He sort of heard uh, rumors of this previously, and now Andrew McCabe's on 60 Minutes saying, yeah, that definitely happened. I was a party (laughs) to those conversations. All right. There was a workplace shooting at a manufacturing facility in Illinois. And shockingly, Illinois' strict gun laws did not work. We'll take a look at exactly why. And speaking of gun laws, David Hogg. Remember, it was barely over a year ago. We didn't even know who David Hogg was. Really? It feels like he's been in my life forever. But he's back because it's the Parkland anniversary. And he's here to demonstrate he has learned nothing about (laughs) guns in the years since. Interesting to me, you dedicate your life to understanding an issue, yet you, in about the span of a minute, demonstrate you have no knowledge of the thing you want to be in charge of regulating. Okay. Plus, I got a little bit of surprise cringe to close. And we're going to take Super Chats on YouTube or Streamlabs in between topics, 10 bucks and up, on the Sunday show, because, of course, we are no good low-down money grabbers. It'll be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thanks for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for supporting the show on mattchristiansonmedia.com. And thanks for emailing us. That's beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. If you'd like to take the show on the go in an audio format, you can find those platforms linked in the descriptions. Uh, in the description, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find your, your podcasts, you can find us. I got uh, several pieces of art. And <laughs> one was just dropped on me. In, until right now. This GIF. Not GIF, not GIF, don't say GIF, GIF. Uh, this uh, this GIF from Caesarian Pizza was just dropped on me in my email inbox a few couple, uh, just, uh, just a couple hours ago. And, he, and uh, the, the artist says that this is regarding rumors that Blonde is just a torso. This, this is to confirm that you do in I fact I do like have learn. a lower body. And this does look a lot like my weekend, so. Right. <laughs> you got the MAGA underwear? <laughs> Am I in an SS uniform on the top? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see the armband and everything. The only thing I dispute is the socks. Like, why are you wearing old man long white socks? No, that would never fly in my house. I don't know. Uh, it's either that or the burqa, as Dan says, because this is this regarding last week's show, when you're actually excited about the Muslim takeover <laughs> and you're fully burqa I like the earbuds feeding into the feeding into the yeah to the facial veil. Yeah. Maybe we could we could do something like that. Maybe we could make some money with some embedded earphones <laughs> in the hijab. I'm sure Nike has already made them. Yeah. They pro- they probably have. For the uh, audience, this is not a shop. I actually did that live. Oh, I thought on, on I th- the Wednesday show. 
Oh, did you actually? I thought he shopped that. You no, actually? No, I, I actually did that. Yeah. Oh, you did go full mask and like feed them in. I don't remember what we were in. talking about. It was some oh. horrible degeneracy where I was like, white Sharia now. And then I put my scarf over my head. Well, then I'm giving Dan too much credit. I thought he created this image. <laughs> no, no. One Get did. out of here, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I should know. It's my show. Why did I? Why did that? It was a Wednesday <laughs> show, so nobody yeah. was paying attention. <laughs> Uh, this from uh, 4K9, we're going to get to in a moment about Ruth Bader Ginsburg allegedly reappearing. This is her current form, though. I think she has been shaped by Darth Sidious into Darth Ginsburg. Uh, but, you know, we'll let the photos tell you if she looks like this, except there are no photos of her recently. <laughs> yeah. Jonah sends uh, a Bleach Boys album. Hey, look at that. It's the Bleach Boys. Uh, Jesse Smollett and the Bleach Boys. I'd give it a listen. <laughs> Thank you for that. Alexander has uh this is this is in reference to you not knowing who Amy Klobuchar is. It's yeah. an Atlas Shrugged reference from Yeah, um, yeah. From I'm Alexander. ashamed I have not read Atlas Shrugged. You know, I actually have not either. I should. I don't have a good excuse, but uh as I always say, so much of our job is like reading the news that reading recreationally uh rarely appeals to me anymore. You know? I have no excuses. That's something I should have read by now. <laughs> <laughs> thanks alexander uh this one from jared oh, this is cute yeah this is uh it, it almost looks like it's fabric or something the yeah. texturing is pretty cool yeah that's cool so thank you for that jared that's very nice and then uh, i just got a couple from uh from our friend michael schlecht this is just me over caesar's face because i'm being strangled <laughs> or harangued because uh i have a nauseatingly principled approach to everything that's <laughs> finally got to you tonight might be just that sort of experience i suppose uh, and then uh, this last one I wanted to throw in too because I, like everybody, had a fun time laughing at this Aladdin genie reveal for the new Aladdin movie coming out. He, he made me the, the genie here. But if you haven't seen, I do have the clip prepped for you. Have you seen this? Uh-uh. There's an Aladdin reboot coming out in May. Like a live action Aladdin show, uh, movie. Okay. And the genie, Will Smith, as, as the genie was revealed in the trailer that just launched. And... Uh, well, the, the reaction is, is fairly uh, negative online. Here's what the, the Will Smith genie reveal looks like. You really don't know who I am. Genie, wishes, lamb, none of that ringing about. People are laughing at how ridiculous this Will Smith genie looks, which just looks like Will Smith painted blue yeah. or... I don't know, wearing a weird blue skin suit or something. <laughs> but to their credit, I had zero interest in seeing this movie. And now just because of how terrible this looks, I'm probably going to go see this movie when it comes out in May. It looks just, terrible. How long was this want... trailer? 12 seconds long? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I, I, I clipped it just for the big reveal. It's like a minute total. But yes, May 24th, you can go see Will Smith as Aladdin in theaters if you want to see this garbage. Wait. Uh, speaking of garbage, you may or may not want to see, uh, Macho Man from, um, from GameStop that we, we spoke about on the show. I did a video about it later. Uh, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. Don't misgender me while I'm returning my video game at GameStop. That person. Well, in the follow-up interview on the news, as I talked about individually on my channel, Macho Man said, Yes, I'm a local area rapper, and I'm so mad about this, I'm going to make a music video rapping my discontent. No way. And I had said in the video, whenever you guys see this, I haven't been able to find it, so whenever you guys see this, send it my way. Well, 
thanks to people emailing me and tweeting me, I have now seen this music video. And well, let's play the video and uh, and then I'll I'll offer my thoughts. Here's Macho Man, Macho Man's diss track for the haters. Y'all bigots and critics, I got a thing or two to say to you. So give this chick a minute, I'ma take the mic away from you. Intentionally misgendered once, you're gonna get corrected. Do it twice, I'm disrespected. Three times and I get aggressive. But the fourth to a stick up, you need a fifth or summon demons. And a bitch is fit to scream, and so he's about fire breathing. Cause the sisters isn't seeing how it feels when they attacking us. And most don't even see it when they feed us till they fracture us. Fucking fabulous, ready to chop ahead of three. And put an end to teams that maliciously misgendered. I was telling you before we went live that I'm back on Team Troll. Like, I had speculated yeah. when this, when we watched this clip, I think this might be fake. Like, it's so ridiculous it that it might, might be fake. Be. Yeah, but also it is current year and things like this aren't that unusual. It's right? so over the top that I, I have to think this guy's just pulling off the best commitment to a character. Or maybe he's trying I've to legitimately seen. launch his rap career by having some sort of edge. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. This I guess serotonin too, yeah. is serotonin his rap name now because that wasn't his. Oh, serotonin. That wasn't his I... um his <laughs> transgender <laughs> name. I forget what it was, but it was mentioned on the news story. It was not serotonin. That's a rap name, I think. But whatever. Anyway, uh, carrying on, we've been talking about the uh, well, the the amusing cavalcade of Democratic candidates running for president in there weekly failures it seems not a big week this week of course we didn't have an amy klobuchar big reveal which was last week's piece of a exciting development but you had mentioned previously when we're speculating about who's going to win who's going to do well we talk about each candidate's perceived weakness and kamala harris has fit nicely on the that that axis of she has the right intersectionality identity and also the right hatred of trump the two key components which puts her up which puts her up high before spot. we talk about this i would like to remind everybody that i said her white husband was gonna problem and they're gonna try to revoke her black card i said this on the show like yeah it, it was weird how right on time that came because she appears on the breakfast club and the host guy i want to be fair to him because he does say like listen i don't know i don't hold this view but a lot of people are curious about it so i don't want to rip him but I, I think it's funny, one, that this is a legitimate question, and two, that she basically treats it as a legitimate question, even though she's clearly a little annoyed. But she yeah, doesn't... but I mean, okay, so she's a half Jamaican, half Indian, educated woman married to a white guy. Like, she, mm. is she really going to be like, oh, I smoked weed and listened to tupac or whatever and everybody's gonna be like okay it's fine i guess like, this, was, I this mean, was obviously going to be a problem it's just odd because this seems like a question that is more suited for decades and decades ago coming from the question of like interracial marriage in the south or something yeah. like that but it's current year intersectionality based so it's just weird the more things change the more they stay the same i guess here's kamala harris now i'm I gonna do. hold you to that i'm gonna tell you why because they're gonna turn that they're gonna turn that into a soundbite and they're going to say that's one of them times you're pandering to black people, but she's black. But I'm black. Yes. And I'm proud of being black. Absolutely. And I was born black. I will Florida. die black. I know this is not the last time you're going to be here, but I do want to ask you this before you leave because I see this online all the time, and I, I don't think it's fair. Mm -hmm. I don't even think the personal life should matter, but they do mention your husband a lot. Uh -huh. And they say, how is she so black, but she married white? Look, I love my husband, and he happened to be the one that I chose to marry because I love him, and that was that moment in time, and I'm, that's it. Word. That's it. That's it. And he loves me. Word. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all that matters. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Okay. We appreciate it. That's right. 
That's right. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything negative to say about what she's saying there. I just find the question well, so odd that she did say it was that moment in time. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Like at that like, point, I loved him, or at that yeah, point, I made my yeah. choice. Well, what do you? Would you choose differently today? Would you choose that was before today? I knew I was going to have a presidential run in 2020, and I was yeah. going to have to be heavily pandering to black people. <laughs> That's what that that means to me. Um, I mean, this is super predictable. It's it's, it's funny how um, I, I saw an article from Politico, like an op-ed from Politico on Facebook today, that says, "How does one?" It was about Joe Biden, and it says, "How does one run for president in the modern Democratic Party as a white straight male?" It's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> We've reached the point where the anti-racist party has racial and gender and uh, sexual preference quotas or, or boxes to check yeah. to be considered a viable candidate. And the answer, of course, Politico should have consulted me. The answer is to hate Trump more than everyone else on the stage, as we will see when Joe yeah. Biden launches, because he's going to run. It sounds like Bernie's into he's at least pushing the, 80. Both they both are. are. Yeah, yeah. They I might, don't know. It, it's just has a candidate old. has a candidate ever died on the campaign trail because we might witness that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a good hmm. question. Speaking of uh, political death, you like that one? Uh, yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We were told reappeared last week, or was it two weeks ago? The day or the night prior to the State of the Union, she supposedly appeared at some theater event, even though there were no pictures of it, and a video live stream of this showed no evidence of her. So again, I'm not saying impossible. I just, I, I find it odd that she's appearing publicly and no one has any photographic evidence of it. Well, she supposedly returned to work at the Supreme Court this week, as reported by the New York Times and others. They say that uh, she appeared in a, quote, private conference. And this was her first appearance at the court since undergoing cancer surgery in December. Now, here's what's interesting. And I'm, I'm getting slightly tinfoily about the Ruth Bader Ginsburg stuff. Because why can't anyone just snap a simple photo for proof of <laughs> life? Know. You look at this photo and one would assume like, oh, okay, there she is hanging out at the Supreme alive. Court alive. Well, that photo is actually from a White House meeting in uh, November. I'm not yeah. necessarily accusing the New York Times of misrepresentation. They don't caption it. Ruth Bader Ginsburg hangs out at the court on Friday or whatever day. But I'm just saying it's odd that she has undocumented public appearances frequently. She was also noticeably uh, or notably absent from the state of the union. So for the rest of this, as these stories keep coming out, picks or it didn't happen. That's my official position on Ruth Bader Ginsburg sightings yeah, picks or it did not happen. That's a fair position too. I mean, is she still breathing? Are her legal aids doing everything for her? Yeah. Is she an animated corpse? Or are they just pushing her around? Like we can yeah. Bernie's. So I don't know. I think she's dead. I'm on the record. I think I she's mean, dead until proven otherwise. Yeah. Hmm. She should retire. What is she doing? She's doing very normal public appearances in private that no one has seen or can document. That's what she's How doing. many weeks of oral arguments did she miss? Two. She missed two weeks of, of court arguments in January. Hmm. Anyway, uh, I suppose it's time to get to one of the two major pieces of news this week, which is, as I mentioned, the total exposure of the Jussie Smollett hoax. Now, we didn't play this for him last week, so he gets it this week. He might be hoax hate crime of the year, hoax yeah. hate crime of all time. Yeah. And yeah. now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? 
should have stuck with the backward swastika. It's the proven method, dude. Yep. Okay. So to bring you up to speed, if you haven't seen the reports late this week, two law enforcement sources with knowledge of the investigation tell CNN that Chicago police believe actor Jesse Smollett paid two men, paid two men, who are his friends, by the way. They're extras on um, on his show Empire. They're supp- they apparently workout buddies. They follow each other on Instagram, the whole bit. He paid them to orchestrate an assault on him that he reported late last month. The men who are brothers were arrested Wednesday but released without charges Friday after, excuse me, Coors Burp, after Chicago police cited the discovery of, quote, new evidence. The sources told CNN there are records that show the two brothers purchased the rope around Smollett's neck at a hardware store in Chicago. Additional reports are that Smollett paid them $3,500 to attack him with $500 to be delivered upon their return from Nigeria. So they took a trip to Nigeria at, at some point in the interim and they were actually arrested at the airport on the way back. The motive itself is still a little bit unclear. It was reported that Jussie was thinking he was going to get written off the Empire show, and so this was some sort of publicity stunt or sympathy stunt. Fox has since denied they were planning to do that, but they probably will do that now, so I guess it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't know. Maybe they'll keep him on the show. because I don't think they can after this. Now, amazingly, Jussie Smollett is doubling tripling down because of course he went on good morning america that's the unfortunate timing it's what i was talking about in my video earlier he goes on good morning america lies his ass off saying (laughs) those guys on the surveillance footage are definitely the attackers and then chicago police are like oh that's interesting because we actually know who those attackers are uh by the way the reason we know is because you gave us phone records and you deleted certain calls that you made so we subpoenaed the phone provider we got the records of the calls that you deleted and it looks like it was their phone number so good job jesse the perfect crime (laughs) so he lies his ass he lies his ass off on good morning america and then all this information comes out which is like the worst timing i mean if he had never done the good morning america interview it's not that it's good but it's not as bad we'll take a we'll revisit that in a moment still besides besides what chicago police are saying he's now if good morning america is the double down this is the triple down he, he released a statement through his lawyers that say as a victim of a hate crime who has cooperated with the police investigation, Jesse Smollett is angered and devastated by recent reports that the perpetrators are individuals he is familiar with. Well, that's interesting because Uh you're the one who went on Good Morning America and said, yeah, that's the guys. And they're like, oh, that's interesting. Those are friends of yours. Oh, I'm angered and and disheartened to learn of this. Well, you're the one who identified them. So you angered yourself, I guess. Anyway, he says, he continues, he has now been further victimized. by claims attributed to these alleged perpetrators that Jesse played a role in his own attack. Nothing is further from the truth that anyone claiming otherwise is lying. Oh, really? Oh, wait, let me get this straight. What he wants us to believe is that he didn't, he didn't orchestrate this and just separately his two friends turned on him and attacked him. Is that what I suppose? I mean, when I was talking about this uh, in the last video I did, it was, Uh, There were still some details that had yet to come out. So I was still considering it still seemed like there was a possibility that these friends of his had a fight with him for some reason. Oh, I see. Okay. And then later he concocted the Trump story as cover for like getting his ass kicked by his friend or something. 
But now he's basically denying both of those things. Well, what else would be the explanation? I mean, did your friends kick your ass, but you didn't recognize them? And somehow, even though they are Nigerian, you saw the little slit in their ski masks and, and insisted they were white? Did they, did they right. powder themselves? Yeah. How did this happen? Mm. So I don't know what his explanation is. It's it's beyond ridiculous. It should also be noted that he has hired Michael Cohen's criminal defense lawyer, <laughs> Michael Monaco. So it doesn't appear that uh, he's in the clear. I'm no lawyer, but sources tell me that lying or, uh, or false police report in Illinois is a felony offense. Really? So if he is, in fact, charged and prosecuted, uh, you know, as as I would hope that he, sh- as I would hope that he is, he's wasted. I was told, I read there were twelve detectives working on this case. Yeah. Think of the crime in Chicago. I know All the there, things there they could are be working on. hundreds of uninvestigated homicides in Chicago, oh. and twelve detectives are wasting their time on this shit. Yeah, it's incredible to me. He should have he, to pay back the police resources that he wasted, and and be convicted of a felony For sure, if it can be demonstrated. Well, that's going to be the interesting thing to see. Like, will uh, will they go light on him? So there's the question of accountability for for him in turn if he if he did in fact lie to police and they can prove it. And then there's the question of accountability for everyone who's been all over media, well, celebrities, media figures lecturing America about its bigotry and this and that and virtue signaling. And it, it will all of these people actually retract their statements or will they just Homer Simpson into the bush and pretend like nothing ever you happened? You know the answer to that. I think Although the two, Covington, a lot of people do retract, so maybe there's hope. The good people will retract. I hope they will. The uh, the for the people that the, the fringe progressives are going to double down on this. What they'll say is something to the effect of, "Well, this one was fake, but my hate crimes are on the rise." Or like, it's route. so sad that Nigerians aren't making as much money as white people, and they have to resort <laughs> they to these have kinds to of tactics. To fake hate crimes. <laughs> yeah. Or they'll. I'm waiting for someone to come out and say, "Well." Sure, he faked it, but he was driven to madness by Trump himself. Like Trump forced him <laughs> yeah. to do it's gonna be Trump's fault still, somehow. Yeah, yeah. It will, yeah. You're right. Now, as I mentioned, the Good Morning America interview was circumstantially or, or timing wise disastrous. If it is in fact true what the Chicago Police Department sources are saying, as reported by CNN, consider what he just got done saying on Good Morning America. Again, lying his ass off and lecturing people lecturing people who lie about hate crimes even this is what he had to say i want them to stop being able to say alleged attack i'm an advocate i respect too much the people who i am now one of those people who have been attacked in any way you do such a disservice when you lie about things like this if Mm. the attackers are never found how will you be able to heal um i don't know Let's just hope that they are. I was talking to a friend and I said, I just want them to find them. And she said, sweetie, they're not going to find them. That just made me so angry because so I'm just going to be left here with this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going to be left here so they get to go free and go about their life and possibly attack someone else. And I'm here to left with left with the aftermath of this bull. That's not cool to me. Oh, my God. On the plus oh side, that's a great audition tape for his next job, I think, yeah, in really. Hollywood, if he wants to submit an acting tape. Oh, man. I mean, what my a God. lying sack of crap. Yeah. 
This is why you can't let these emotional manipulators take the high ground. You have to demand evidence. You have to demand reason. And if they pull this emotional manipulation, moral high ground nonsense, you can't grant that to them. That's what they want. That's what he thrives on. It's like, oh, how could you doubt my victimization? Nobody in the media did their due diligence, though, because they wanted to believe this. Like, how dumb do you have to be to watch this and be like emotionally moved to really believe this? I just don't believe people are that stupid. I don't know. I wish I wish I could have seen like, um, you know, proper methodology polling on this to what like what percentage of society believed his claims at face value, because that's kind of a litmus test to me. You have to be so biased in your worldview to accept that story at face value, like straight up. I believe everything he says. Well, it was filled with inconsistencies. Yeah. And it just inconsistencies and just contextual nonsense. Like, does it make sense? There are. MAGA hat wearing rednecks in polar vortex Chicago hunting people at two in the morning. That sort of thing just doesn't make sense. Even if, even if it's consistent in that context, it's silly. It's, it's right. But the media has constructed this worldview that minorities are being hunted by racist MAGA hat wearing uh, folk. So I can see how if you're, a dumb person in the United States, you're, you're, you've adopted the paradigm, how you could maybe be like, okay, maybe this is, this is happening. And maybe, you know, so so every once in a while we get stuff wrong. Like, you know, we get stuff wrong too. I like to think I haven't got anything this obvious wrong, but the difference too is like, you shouldn't be shaming people for their skepticism. That's one thing I, I will, that's the lesson I will take away from this. Even when there are people who don't believe claims I think are likely true. Right. I'm not going to morally shame people for skepticism. That shouldn't be a part of our culture. And, and that's what I would hope we could avoid going forward after Jesse Smollett. But of course, it's going to be the same thing next month. Think about this. It was, we just got done with Covington. We just got done showing how you should always scratch below the surface a little bit and take a look at the evidence, take a look at everything in context, have a little healthy skepticism. And then we get another test. So we didn't learn our lesson from Covington. We get another test immediately. And Progressives, celebrities, media, they fail again. They right. fall for the exact same BS because it fits the narrative again. That's kind of disheartening. But as I was talking about in my video, this this case, like Covington, is it peels off a few more every time. Covington <laughs> peeled away a few more people who are like, this is BS. I'm yeah. not on this team like, anymore. I'm out. Yeah. Jesse Smollett will peel off a few more. So that's that's the silver line. I hope so. I, I hope that that's true. Although I I am still pretty convinced that everybody that's convertible has already hmm. been converted at this point in time. Yeah, I suppose if you bought that story at face value, maybe there's no hope. There's no hope. Yeah. How, how dumb are you? And yeah. another thing I should point out, how dumb are they to think that they were going to get away with this? Yeah. It's such a, it's such an implausible scheme and it doesn't make any sense. Right. It's, it's like you're okay. I don't know. Like I said, I've never heard of Jesse Smollett. I assume he's not, the wealthiest in Hollywood, but I also assume he can hire some white redneck looking guys to do this. Why did he hire his Nigerian gym friends if he's trying to frame white rednecks? Gym friends, you say. That's what he, that's supposing, well, yeah, who knows? I mean, to what extent is there uh I don't know. To what extent do they hang out after their workouts? Let's put it that way. <laughs> hang out in the sauna, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh just because we got a jam-packed show, though, let's keep let's keep it moving along. Unless you got more to say, you, you jussied out. You had enough. Yeah, I mean, this played out in the most satisfying way possible. Mm. 
it's been a great week because of this. Well, now we can get a little more uh, down. At least I'm a little more negative on the next story, which of course is the signing of the budget bill and the declaration of the, um, uh, the emergency declaration to build the wall. So uh, it all starts with Trump signing this budget bill on, uh, what was it, Thursday? He signed it Thursday or Friday, but Congress passed it on Thursday. And it was a budget deal to avert another impending government shutdown. Remember, we just got done with like a month-long one. Another one was set to start on Friday unless they reached a deal. Congress passed it. $333 billion, which includes $1.375 billion for 55 miles of new fencing along the Texas-Mexico border. Worthless. It's worthless. Even that has asterisks, as, as you'll know in a minute. But recall Trump had originally asked for $5.7 billion for 234 miles. This number is also less than deals that were on the table in late 2018. So Trump clearly signed this with the expectation to, to his emergency declaration next, which he did, which we'll get to in a moment. But... Before we get to that, I didn't want to just skim over the budget deal because in addition to actually being a bad deal from the wall perspective, it sounds like this thing is trash from a variety of perspectives. I mean, naturally, nobody has read it in its entirety because it's 1,600 pages, but um, I gleaned what I could from it. And the most notable, there are two parts that, that have people rightfully very concerned. The first part is Section 224. I'm going to read it. Um, mm -hmm. None of the funds provided by this act or any other act or provided from any accounts in the Treasury of the United States derived by the collection of fees available to the co components funded by this act may be used by the Secretary of Homeland Security to place in detention, remove, refer for a decision whether to initiate removal proceedings or initiate removal proceedings against a sponsor, potential sponsor, or a member of a household of a sponsor or a potential sponsor of an unaccompanied alien child based okay. on information shared by the Secretary of Health and Human Services. So, you know, this sounds like nonsense to the layman, but this means that nobody can forcefully remove, remove you or deport you if you're with an, an, uh, a child, which we already knew mm -hmm. that that um, gang members were using this as a as a Right. Method. So is it like your your proven child or just a child Any who's hanging out child, with you? Any child, yeah. Okay. An unaccompanied minor, yeah. Okay. So Jessica Vaughn of the Center for Immigration Studies said, this amounts to a de facto sanctuary for anyone remotely near an unaccompanied alien child. Unaccompanied <laughs> you get a certain children. proximity? Yeah. A yeah. certain radius? They're already trafficked and exploited by the cartels to take advantage of our insane, credible fear asylum loophole regime. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's totally right. ICE has estimated that 30 to 40% of MS-13 members it has arrested in the last two years arrived as unaccompanied alien children. Okay. And then it's um, got this like local, basically you have to consult localities about building the wall. This is also really bad. And I don't know how this is going to interact with the um, emergency declaration. We're going to talk mm. about this in a minute. But this is section 232 uh, states that prior to use of any funds made available by this act for the construction of physical barriers, the Department of Homeland Security shall confer and seek to reach mutual agreement regarding the design and alignment of physical barriers within that city. Okay. Okay. The bill then specifies that it is local elected officials with whom the Department of Homeland Security must consult. So, crucially, this bill only authorizes fencing for the Customs and Border Protection uh, designated Rio right. Grande Valley. So, this, those 55 miles are in like an ultra left wing uh, safe haven, and right. you have to go through the local left wing politicians to 
to make it happen, which spoiler alert, it's not then it's It's just not going to happen. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, there, there are all the counties in that, in that Valley area are democratic. Hmm. All of them. So Daniel Horowitz uh, tweeted this. These are the most liberal counties on the border. Thanks to demographics of open borders itself. And there is practically no local official who supports the wall in these counties. So, Hmm. so yeah. So did we get anything out of this at all? Anything? No, it's, it seems like this is, well, I couldn't tell you. I didn't have time to read it. Unfortunately. I know. Nobody has read it. I, I have yeah. no idea what else is what else is in there. No. I had to rely uh, entirely on other people that claim to have read it because it's yeah. just too much information. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it seems like a garbage deal based on based on what we can read uh, about it. But it clearly is also not Trump's intent, at least regarding the wall. He's just saying, listen, I just don't want a government shutdown. Whatever. Why? I'm done who with cares? you guys. Oh, my God. Who cares? He thinks Who I, did I it assume affect outside of, of uh, you know, unessential government employees. Who did it really affect? I assume his calculation is that it's politically unpopular. He doesn't want to get that blame. I'm guessing. But his what move we get for voting a populist. In. His move clearly is is I'm done with Congress. I'm going to move on and do my own thing. And that's why he signed this with the intent of of declaring a, a national emergency, which he did immediately after. And he, he had a press conference at the White House, and we'll hear from that in a moment. But the, the details on this bill or on the um on the emergency declaration. So it, the total that he thinks he can get to build the wall is eight billion dollars. Uh, this all of this under executive action. This includes including the one point three seven five billion from the budget deal. Additionally, there's $600 million from the Treasury Department's Drug Forfeiture Fund, $2.5 billion from a Defense Department drug uh, interdiction program, and $3.5 billion from a military construction budget under an emergency declaration uh, uh, from Trump. So a lot of this, the reasoning that he's going to try to use, presumably, and a lot of the money itself is coming from military appropriations and statutes about the president's military authority. The legal basis for this, I'm taking a crack at it based on what I've read. Take it with a grain of salt, not a lawyer. This is what I've seen. Uh, The legal authority for his ability to do this, to declare a national emergency, uh, originates with the National Emergencies Act of 1976, which does give the president broad authority. I was a little surprised because I just on a philosophical constitutional basis, I was very skeptical of this. To defend what he's doing a little bit, which we'll get into a moment, Congress did give away very broad executive authority in this context. That's really not defined even. So it gives the president broad authority to declare a national emergency. However, once the president does make that declaration, he must point to a specific statutory authority to get the resources and funds in this, uh, in this case, the funds to build the wall. There are probably two based on what I've read, probably uh, two statutes Trump could conceivably identify. One allows the secretary of uh, defense to start a military program. If it is needed to support the armed forces seems Uh, a bit of a stretch. eh, It's, it's tough. The second statute allows the secretary of the army to direct troops and resources that are quote essential to the national defense. It's not insane. Um, I have some issues with that that I'll get to later in explaining my criticisms of this. But Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the biggest criticism of it was that it's going to create the precedent. And we're going to talk about this, Nancy Pelosi. It's going to create the precedent for Democratic Democrats to do this in the future. But I don't know about that. Isn't the creation of the National Emergencies Act in itself well, see, that's, the precedent? That's what I sort of realized in 
reading about this because I don't like on a, on a philosophical principle level, I don't like what the president is doing. That said, if I'm going to be honest, I guess what I don't like is Congress controls the purse strings, right? right. That's the, that's its constitutional role. Well, the reality is that Congress uh, voluntarily gave up a lot of that authority by statute. So if I'm going to be honest, I have to critique Congress, at least Congress in 1976, right. for basically shirking its duty and saying, you, you do it. Uh, that said, I, I don't like this outcome, but but I'm to be fair in my criticism, I have to go against Congress at the time as much as I go against the president himself. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the lawsuits are, are already going to happen. So this is the other angle on this. Uh, California Attorney General Xavier, Xavier Becerra said Sunday he will definitely and imminently file a lawsuit against the administration to contest the emergency declaration. Uh, more states presumably may follow. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer say they will defend their congressional authorities in the courts. Congressman Joaquin Castro of Texas plans to introduce a resolution to terminate the emergency declaration. It will likely pass in the House. The Senate is much dicier, but there are several Senate Republicans who are critical of the president for doing this. Uh, so it could conceivably pass in the Senate, but Trump would likely veto it unless they have a veto-proof majority. I'm not sure that they're there. A, a bunch of secondary legal concerns, too. Like, you're going to have every legal challenge conceivable coming at this thing. Some other things to consider. If Trump shifts funds from already appropriated uh, projects to the wall, some contractors losing funds may have standing mm -hmm. to challenge the declaration's validity. You got that problem. Yeah. And then since much of the wall is being built on private property, property owners can probably challenge the validity of this public, uh, the, you know, this quote unquote public use under eminent domain. So you've got a lot of legal angles for challenge. Whether or not there's merit, legal merit to what Trump's doing, the reality is that's delay for a very long time. This thing's going to be tied up in the courts for a long time yeah. until it gets to the Supreme Court. And, and a lot of these angles go beyond just can the president do this? You got these other parties involved like property owners and contractors. You got to iron that stuff out. That said, I'm being critical. I'm going to try to be as uh, I'm going to try to steel man what the president is doing here. I'm going to try to make the case that I can based on the facts. Uh, so th this has been done many, many times before, and there is a statutory basis. So 58 times, according to what I've seen, presidents have issued executive orders, uh, or so sorry, uh, emergency declarations. This is actually only Trump's third. Other presidents, and these are just the ones that are still active, uh, Obama, 11, still active. George W. Bush, 10, still active. Clinton, 6, still active. Other ones have expired. So it's not as though he's, you know, going crazy in terms of using this authority uh, in terms of the quantity, I suppose. The quality is a little different. The characteristics of what he's doing are a little different. I'll get to that later. But it's not as though he's inventing this out of thin air. There is statutory right. authority. Presidents have done it in the past. About the statutory authority, it's very broad, as I mentioned. Congress gave away this power, and courts are usually deferential. So national emergency in the actual National Emergencies Act is not defined, nor has it really been adjudicated by the courts. So you get a kind of a debate about, is the border a national emergency? Well, as a legal matter, that's kind of unsettled. And it's not, I'm not persuaded that it's a national emergency in the same way like a, a, a natural disaster might be or a terrorist attack. But I don't think it's insane to call it an urgent issue of national security or national defense, that sort of thing. No, that's not really the problem that I have with this. Hmm. Uh, 
And then, as, as I was mentioning, if Congress voluntarily gives the president broad authority by statute, the courts have generally been willing to say, all right, I mean, if, if Congress said, sure, then it's not up to us to intervene and make you guys follow your constitutional right. roles if you voluntarily forfeit them. Um, so you might say, as I do, that that's just too much power for the, for the president, but that power was voluntarily given by Congress. So you want to make that case. Um, from a law enforcement perspective, statutory authorities aside, the constitutional authority and purpose of the presidency is enforcing the law. You could make the case that an obstructionist Congress that refuses to assist in enforcing the law or that we have that already. And so the executive has to take every avenue that's available to him, even if it's a little bit legally questionable. That is your duty as the executive. Take all the avenues you have. Let the courts sort it out. But since that's your number one job, enforcing the law, you got to take every angle you can. Figure out what the bounds of your authority are. Fair enough. And then uh, lastly, as I mentioned, I don't think it's the statutory authority beyond the emergencies, uh, beyond the actual law that governs declarations of emergencies. The statutory authority for him to do this is his role as commander in chief of the military. Uh, it's not a stretch to say that this measure is essential to national defense. I don't think as quoted in that that statute that was cited earlier. Uh, national defense is the realm of the military. Trump is the commander in chief mm -hmm. and Congress gave the president yeah. power to take such action in pursuit of national defense. That's, that's the best case that I can make for it. Even though I'm not entirely <laughs> persuaded by it, but I want to be fair. Cause you know, I mean, to be perfectly honest, like if the wall gets built, I'll the result, I'll say good. But the question is, uh, do the ends justify the means? And I'm I'm more of a process guy. I'm more of an, uh, a means guy. I want the process to be done with integrity and with fidelity towards our founding principles. I'm inclined to agree, but I, I don't think that the intended outcome is going to be fulfilled here. Like, I, I don't see a, a path for the wall to be built. Well, we'll get, to, yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Because the, yeah, the best and worst case scenario about the outcomes, yeah. I'm not optimistic on that at all. Let me, um, I, I want to go through my case against here and just why, why I believe this is the wrong move, which is both philosophical and from a political strategy perspective. I think this is, I think this is wrong on both fronts, to be honest, but I couldn't say it necessarily better than, um, than Rand Paul said it, which is, listen, I'm disappointed with the, uh, both the massive bloated secretive bill that just passed and with the president's intention to declare an emergency and build the wall. I too want stronger border security, including a wall in some areas, but how we do things matters over a thousand pages dropped in the middle of the night and extra constitutional executive actions are wrong. No matter which party does them. Mm. Um, okay. So fundamentally what we're talking about here is power of the purse. And that mm. is, constitutionally set in Congress. That's very clear. Couldn't be clearer. Article one, Congress has the power of the purse. Now you might say perhaps Congress was unwise in delegating away some of that authority to the president. And I agree, but it's hard to me to argue that the legislative intent of the national emergencies act was as an executive backup plan to legislative gridlock. And it seems that Trump is basically acknowledging that. He said, look, I, I tried to go to Congress. I couldn't get it done. We're going to take whatever, we're going to do whatever we can. Well, that, that was not the legislative intent that right. come to us first. If we, if, if we don't do what you want us to, then do what you want. As far as abandoning the process is concerned, though, if it's going to happen for anything, this would be it for me. I suppose. There's a lot of people who, uh, who make that case. 
And we, we do warn about the precedent, Nancy Pelosi, which we'll get to in a minute, about, oh, they'll declare an emergency to take away guns, or they'll declare an emergency to build windmills or whatever. I mean, he's not altering the the legislation, though. So I feel they would need they would need statutory authority to do it. And just from a constitutional principles perspective, defense of the country is far it's far more of an executive role than, say, like building windmills, I suppose. But still, uh, it's not something I'm comfortable with on principle. Um, The other thing I want to say is the past cases of emergency declarations are not really like this one. So most in the past are related to sanctions against foreign actors. Oh, this country violates human rights provisions, X, Y, and Z. So we're not going to allow American business to do business with them. We're going to freeze their banking accounts, whatever. Okay. There's never been a massive construction project uh, done to the tune of this sort of spending. It's never been used as a way to fund a project that Congress refused to fund. So never, never before with an emergency declaration, have we seen a president go to Congress, say, I want to do this project. They say no. And he goes, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. That's, that's new. We've not seen that before. So if you're going to be honest about the precedent, it is different, even though the statutory authority, again, the legal case is dicier. I defer to legal minds on that, but um, oh, the other thing I, I have to acknowledge, too, is Trump himself ridiculed Barack Obama for this exact same sort of behavior. I mean, this tweet, this tweet uh, resurfaced from 2014. Republicans must not allow President Obama to subvert the Constitution for the U.S. or of the U.S. for his own benefit and because he is unable to negotiate with Congress. I mean, that is exactly what's going on here. Maybe I'm not sure what President Obama, what this is, what executive order this is referencing specifically. But on principle, Trump is saying, if you can't get through Congress, you got to work within the framework of the Constitution, not just do some executive order BS. Okay, until, until it's your turn, I suppose. Uh, on an intellectual level, I get it. The term emergency is not specifically defined in the law. The courts will have to define that. Trump's actions to me undercut his supposed belief that it is an emergency. That is to say, you had two years with a Republican Congress. You had X amount of time with this Congress. What changed suddenly Mm -hmm. to make this a national emergency, at least as the statute would define it? Because if this was always an emergency, why were you dealing with Congress in the first place? That would that would be the question I'd have to ask him. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Something had to change. Getting to some last points here, as you mentioned, uh, generally, the swords you use against others are going to skewer you eventually. And if you want an example of that, you got Nancy Pelosi with sort of a, a, a sort of enthusiasm about this actually happening. She says, basically, I can't wait till we get to use this for our purposes. Mm-hmm. I know the Republicans have some uneasy about it, no matter what they say. Uh, because if the president can declare an emergency on something that he has created as an emergency, an, an, an illusion that he wants to convey, just think of what a president with different values can present to the American people. You want to talk about a national emergency? Let's talk about today, the one-year anniversary of another manifestation of the epidemic of gun violence in America. That's a national emergency. Why don't you declare that emergency, Mr. President? I wish you would. But a Democratic president can do that. A Democratic president can declare emergencies as well. So the precedent that the president is setting here is something that should be met with great unease and dismay uh, by the Republicans. Ooh, yeah, there's, the, there's her enthusiasm face. And I get it. I mean, there's not, 
a point taken about the uh, the issues being a little bit different. That is to say, gun ownership is a constitutionally protected right. National defense, border security is the role of the executive. I get it. It's not a totally apples to apples comparison. But the point is, to the extent you set the precedent for people to do construction projects that you may that you agree with by circumventing congress you also set the precedent for construction progress uh, projects you very much disagree with by circumventing congress chris murphy said much the same as nancy pelosi tweeting out 100 people die from guns every day that's a national emergency if trump gets away with this border emergency declaration that a democratic president can declare a gun violence emergency and institute universal background checks and an assault weapons ban by executive action last secondary criticisms and thanks for being patient since I'm long winded. These are less important, but I still want to reference them. It's not clear that this is a military project. As I said before, it's not an insane argument to make, but, and it's crucial because that's the statutory basis for Trump doing this. It has to be a military project. Otherwise he's kind of out of luck. Uh, Border security from illegal immigration has historically been a civilian uh, operation, not a military one. I'm not saying it's insane to think that border defense is a military role, but generally in terms of how we've operated and how we've handled it, it's not been a military operation. I'm fine with that. Last last thing I'll reference is that this is politically unpopular. So uh, two-thirds of Americans in recent polling oppose this. Yeah. Uh, To me, that doesn't mean it's good or bad. I don't want a president to govern by public opinion. But what it does mean is that it's massively risky. If this doesn't pay off for him, if he doesn't get the wall, you're in a worst case scenario where you got nothing, people hate you. The the bummer is I think the worst case scenario is actually the likely one here. So I I agree. So to give, so best case scenario in terms of the the known forthcoming legal challenges, this is going to go to the Supreme court and that's going to take, like if this is done before the 2020 election, that's an expedited timeline. There's this no is going to be this is going to get done before 2020. Think about like his his um his immigration ban. Remember the so-called Muslim ban that just got cleared by the Supreme Court, you know, relatively recently, and that was one of the first things he did as president. So you're mm-hmm. talking about 18 months minimum, right? And that's if it goes to the Supreme Court and gets cleared. So maybe maybe you have a brick being laid before the 2020 election. Probably not. That's best case scenario. Worst case scenario. Supreme Court says no to Trump. Trump gets absolutely nothing. He actually gets less money for the wall than he would have with prior deals that were on the table. And I think he has a liability in the 2020 campaign, given the public opinion polling on this. For I don't sure. think this polls well. I don't think it pulls independence well. The risk is massive and the likelihood of payoff, I think, is fairly low. I'm not an expert, but I'm going to speculate that the courts will certainly the lower courts will strike this down. California will file in the ninth, whatever they'll file in in their loony court and it'll get struck down. I'm saying when it gets to the Supreme Court, it will. I'm speculating it'll it'll go down. I'm not an expert. Did you hear what Trump talked about this? And then it'll go to the Ninth Circuit and then it'll get struck down. Yeah. Gosh, what a meandering speech. I was listening and it was just like, oh, God. Yeah. So so that's what I uh, that's what I think is going to happen. I, I, I agree. I, I'm not big on this on principle and I'm not big on this as a matter of political strategy. That said, he's pulled rabbits out of the hat before. If he gets the wall built and everyone's happy and he wins reelection, that shows why he's the president and I'm not. I'll eat my words. Yeah, yeah. for sure. 
But uh, the other the other test is uh, is Queen Anne. You have to ask Queen Anne. Yeah, and Queen Anne, I'm I'm surprised she's as critical on this as she is. But I guess you were saying it's it's more about signing the garbage uh, the garbage. Uh, what the hell? Uh, sorry, my computer's having some issues. Ugh. Are there we okay? go. Sorry if you're photosensitive. It was doing. <laughs> It's doing like a seizure display on the screen, but it's fixed now. Um, yeah, I'm surprised Anne was as critical of this as she was. But I guess she's more critical probably of like the 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 budget deal signing than the actual wall yeah, building effort Yeah, that's what itself. it sounds like. But yeah, the worst, we were talking about this before the show, but the worst part about all of this is that everybody's turning on Anne Coulter. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's having to fight people she's, off left and right, right too. She's right, though. She's right about this. So she and she said, seems to have really lost hope, which... Um, blackpills me of course i know if you're if your guiding star ann coulter is out then what what hope is there what hope is there right she said on a radio show this week she got a spicy take she says the only national emergency is that our president is an idiot thank god he's relieved me of any responsibility for what he's been doing that was the biggest favor anyone could have done for me this was in reference to Trump distancing himself from Coulter during the declaration announcement. He got an ask about conservative, a question about conservative media figures and whether they support him in doing this or not. And he referenced, he name dropped Ann Coulter and said, yeah, she's been harsh on me, but I don't even know Ann. We barely even talk. Yeah. And so, so Ann was uh, fighting back about that. Okay. The last thing on border stuff I have before we'll, and then we'll take a break is, uh, is this Beto O'Rourke bit, which so so Trump goes to El Paso, Texas this week and does, I guess, what you could consider like his first campaign event of 2020, really. Does a rally in El Paso talking about the wall. He's in campaign mode. Beto O'Rourke, con- former congressman, failed Senate candidate Beto O'Rourke, does a rally nearby. We mentioned it on Wednesday. So close you can hear the Trump rally noise in the background. <laughs> in fact. Why did they do this? They, it must have been strategic in some way. I'm sure it wasn't accidental, right? I, it's, I, I, I assume they planned it. They had to plan it to be that close. It seems silly to me, but what seems even sillier is the fact that Beto rally attendees are waving Mexican flags and hijab posters along with Beto campaign posters. That's oh, that's God. great. Look, uh, Trump go it, home to Russia. That's also uh, <laughs> timely. Yeah. All you need is a few more images of this and you'll be back on the Trump voting uh, wagon. I should ask you, is, is this effort you had mentioned that a lot of your vote, is contingent upon Trump's wall effort, regardless of what happens. I didn't say wall effort. I said wall outcome. Wall outcome. Okay. So what, how will this effort affect your vote for Trump or not? I mean, negatively, this seems hasty and like a way for him to play his base while losing a lot of ground. I mean, perhaps I don't understand the bill in its entirety, but it seems to me it's uh, going to counter the emergency declaration. I don't know yeah, what which that's the uh, that's the other legal question. Yeah, which one would take precedent? Which Even if the Supreme yeah. Court says, yeah, thumbs up on the emergency declaration wall building, you've got right. a, a bill in place to your point that says no wall building unless the locals say it's okay. Yeah. So which one of those? Well, yeah. Well, is, is, what goes? Yeah, gets the priority. I mean. When it comes down to it, I care about the demographic issue. I care about immigration. This country is done if we can if we don't have a moratorium on immigration and get illegal immigrants out of this country. This country is done. Um, and Coulter understands that. That's why I respect her. But Trump is a populist, and he doesn't seem to really feel the weight 
of what the average American is feeling. It concerns me. And he mm. seems like he's kind of going rogue. So, I mean, I care about the outcome. I care about what he accomplishes, but I do not see a pathway for the wall to be built. I don't think it's going to happen. Do you think, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, let's assume the likely outcome that there's not a single brick laid prior to the 2020 election, which I think will probably be the case. Right is what he's done as of now. Let's say nothing else changes. There's still court ambiguity. We don't know what the answer is. 2020 elections tomorrow is what he's done as of now sufficient to get your vote again. No, it's, it's insufficient. Um, hmm. I mean, I'm not full collapsitarian accelerationist. I'm not going to like donate to the Muslim Brotherhood and vote for the Dems <laughs> yet. <laughs> Order but, a Costco pack of burkas. But yeah, I might abstain. Yeah. I mean, but then I'm in the same situation as last time where I'm like, well, the alternative is considerably worse isn't it my mm. civic duty to just swallow my pride and vote for him anyway i don't know i mean at this point I have, i'd have to say it's insufficient mm. well all you need is a little more footage of beto o'rourke who may run for president or his rallies the other thing that happened at Not his rallies take a look at this footage of attendees beating up a trump pinata this was going on at the beto rally <laughs> is that a muslim i don't know And hatred, they say, as they're <laughs> as they're helping a gang of children beat up a, a, a likeness of the president of the United really? States. Okay. In and, racism by a bunch of random minorities yeah. beating <laughs> a pinata of a white man. Yeah, in racism. It's over, didn't you hear? Racism is now ended. Oh, yeah. It's gone so far that Jesse Smollett has to hoax his, his hate <laughs> crimes. They did it with their pinata. <laughs> Beto himself appeared on... Uh, Chris Hayes' MSNBC show. This is this is funny. Like the open borders people have been. It's it's been a criticism of the Democrats that they're basically open borders, and I think that's a largely valid criticism. Beto proves it at this point, but it's not sufficient in terms of how far the Democratic Party is willing to go to say no wall. You have to go full Beto and say tear down existing fences and walls. That's the new position, thanks to Beto O'Rourke. I want to pass along from a, a, a question from a congressman who does not represent the border, but he is in Texas, Dan Crenshaw, who's a new member of Congress. He's been very outspoken in favor of the president's agenda on the border, particularly. Right. Um, and he wanted to ask you, he tweeted this, so I'm just passing it along. It's not something yeah. he didn't text me. Um, you know, would you, if you could, would you take the wall down now, here? Yes. Like you have a wall. Absolutely. Like, knock it down. I'd take the wall and down. And do you think the city, you think if, this, if there's a referendum here in this city, that would pass? I do. Here's what we know. Um, after the Secure Fence Act, we have built 600 miles of wall and fencing on a 2,000-mile border. What that has done is not in any demonstrable way made us safer. It's cost us tens of billions of dollars to build and to maintain. And it has pushed migrants and asylum seekers and refugees to the most inhospitable, the most hostile stretches of the U.S.-Mexico border, ensuring their suffering and death. More than 4,000 human beings, little kids, women, and children have died. They're not in cages. They're not locked up. They're not separated. They're dead over the last 10 years as we have walled off their opportunity to legally petition for asylum, to cross uh, in urban centers like El Paso, to be with family, to work jobs, to do what any human being should have a right to be able to, to be do, what we would do if faced with the same circumstance. Okay, first and foremost, that's an open borders case, dude. That's yeah. just straight up open borders. He was talking about free movement 
just based on not even based on necessity based on desire free movement you have the right to you have the right you absolutely do not have the right to do that and you assume a risk when you go to another country and you travel through harsh barren land and dangerous land you are assuming that risk that is not my fault it's not my problem you don't have a right to come here and i have no right or obligation to protect you not my job i love the part where he says existing walls and fences they direct migrants to controlled ports of entry basically like oh so they're they're, they function yeah so they they send them to inhospitable places and or controlled ports of entry that sounds like a very functional wall, assuming uh, you're not a person of open borders persuasion. And I wish Chris Hayes would ask him that question directly, right. but you know he probably has his political interests to cover for. Uh, what's the difference between what you're asking and just straight up not having a border at all? I mean, do you want a border or not? I hear conservatives say this all the time, that they don't really believe that the left has an open borders agenda. I've heard multiple okay. conservative pundits saying that. I don't know how else how, to characterize what he just said. How else can you characterize what he just said? That is a straight up open borders agenda what, what, what else could you possibly yeah. call that he, he could have just said the words and it would have been exactly exactly what it, it, and it doesn't make any sense i mean he says the the wall will block opportunity to apply for asylum or petition for asylum. no it won't you have to go to a controlled port of entry you have to go to a legal place to do that you can't just cross the border and also under your worldview if they have a right to come here to be with family or work jobs there is no there is no asylum there's no need to apply for asylum because everyone can just have it Right. There is no asylum under that system. It's just walk across whenever you feel like because it's your right. Nah. All right. Anyway, we're already through the first hour, so we should uh, we should take a break and then so get through the the rest of tonight's uh <laughs> tonight's uh material. I'm ready over on um, Streamlabs if you need a moment. Yeah, I do. Okay. Cameron says add another uh, add another one to the hoax hate map. Let me make this wider. Sorry freaking uh, Streamlabs in their presentation. Add another one to the hoax hate map. If you haven't already, check out uh, Jared Taylor's map at amren.com of all the faux hate crime reports. The mental gymnastics from the media deserve a gold medal for all their... Uh, uh, I don't know what that word is. Anyway, stay sharp out there, you too. Well, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you could, if you, I've, I've seen this particular map previously. If you had a comprehensive map... Of even just the ones we've covered on this show, it's just going to start to fill in with markers. Like every single place in the country has a hoax hate crime. Ginger says the Aurora shooting took place close to me. So I've now decided to apply for my FOID card before things get harder. Smart move. The online application mysteriously won't let me finish and the help email bounces back. Hmm. Anyway, you guys have uh, gun wrecks for noobs. Uh, I would say, um, as far as gun wrecks, go to a, go to a range. Go to a range and rent. ask the staff there, rent some firearms because... I mean, it, there are some specifics about what your purpose is, but a lot of it just comes down to, to ergonomics and personal feel. So I would, yeah, I would try before yeah. you buy. And uh, shoot multiple times too, because both of us have had situations where we've bought guns that we'd only shot a few times and then long-term had issues with them. Hmm. Didn't you have a gun that jams? Uh, well, it did when I first bought it, but it's broken in nicely now. But everyone can joke at me about 1911 jamming jokes in, in the comments and in my email. Doesn't jam anymore, you jerks. Texistentialist <laughs> uh, <laughs> says, uh, you see Comfortably Smug on Twitter. Honestly, I, he says, quote, honestly, I don't see any possible way Jesse Smollett doesn't win the 2020 Democratic nomination <laughs> now. Yeah, he probably will run. He should get in the mix. Oh, yeah. Are you good? Yes. 
Uh, Philip Smolin says, I know Matt hates 4D chess, but I want to revisit this one. Did Trump make large mm. anonymous donations to AOC's primary campaign, deliberately sabotaging the Democrats? Yes. Fair, <laughs> fair question. We do. That, that's conspiratorial, but I like it. Uh, Dakota Stanton, hoax hate of the year in February. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think that it's going to get topped. It, the, the bar is set high for this year, at least in terms of yeah. effort and detail. Um, Jay's on here. Blonde, you tease meeting Matt again. Are you planning to meet for the RNC? Also, uh, from your first meeting, can you confirm the rumor that without a shirt on, Matt looks like a shaved baby seal? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see him not wearing a shirt. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we undressed. Well, but once again, he is four foot eleven. <laughs> yeah, and that is true. Um, I don't know. Are we going to go to the RNC again? I'd consider it. Depends what personal circumstances are, but yeah, I'd consider it. I, we'd need a security detail this time, though. You think? When you, I yeah, I would want somebody watching my back. Yeah. It's not maybe, that I don't trust we'll you. Maybe we'll have it's another Daryl encounter. <laughs> yeah, he's on Netflix now. If you didn't see, I heard somebody uh, sent me a link, but I didn't watch it because yeah, I'm not why. gonna watch it either. Yeah. Uh, B Rise says the Chicago PD better take Jesse Smollett down. They've referred it to a grand jury, and I'm worried they're going to let him get away with it. BT Dubs, the media are America's biggest enemy. I don't think he's mm. gonna be apprehended for this. We'll have to see. I'm watching for sure. Okay, Lilith. Hey, YouTube and listening, but haven't donated for a couple of weeks. Some shekels to buy Matt a sandwich since winning one well, from thanks. a fist fight is probably not in his future. <laughs> Take care and all that stuff. Thank I'll you. fight you for your sandwich. <laughs> Thank you. AK 47, your face. Trump cucks on the wall and suddenly the Russian collusion is solved. This and a House bill passing 400 plus to zero saying U.S. politicians can't talk smack about Israel just makes this a swell time i didn't even hear that but was that in reference to ilhan omar or was it just a tuesday so they did that uh, boogeyman 917 is it racist to call jesse jesse the boy in the boy who cried wolf if hate mm. crimes are so prevalent these days why do they have to fake them that is the million dollar yeah. question inquiring minds want to know cheers as always Thank you very much. Uh, Aggie Jet Pilot. I wouldn't be surprised if RVG is, is being propped up with a fishing line, i.e. in the Bernies. Yep. <laughs> She's Highland, a puppet. Yeah. yeah. Highland Theory. Hi, guys. I've noticed that conservative live streamers like Owen Benjamin and Nick Fuentes have made a jump into conversations about uh, the JQ and intelligence realism mm. type topics. Is this good or bad thoughts? Um, I, I did not know that they were doing this, but um, I think it's good. I think all discussion should be on the table i think it's i would i would like to get to a place where simple discussion of a topic is not moralized exactly uh, which is the point that we're at i mean you talk about certain things and just discussing them means you're morally deficient or something like that yeah i'm not going to be mad at anybody for talking about a topic whether i agree or disagree so i'm yeah. accordingly i'm not mad at these guys for talking about regardless of what their opinions are i don't care yeah. and you know if you enjoy what they're saying you can tune in there and if you don't don't that's that's Agreed. that's the way the world goes around you know Iyama Fago, every edgy 14-year-old has read Atlas Shrugged. How did you two possibly miss it? Doesn't it require reading in every philosophy 101 class? Well, oh, no. It wasn't for me. I no. had to read all of the classics on my own. I still have no excuse for not having read it. I hope Stefan Molyneux is not listening. He'd be very, very disappointed. <laughs> um, Dan Love is blonde. What would your ideal immigration policy look like? Is racial demographics more important than accepting immigrants who want to assimilate to the traditional American culture um, of freedom? Uh, I mean, I think your premise is that we have a culture of freedom. I, I reject that premise. I, I really don't think that we do. We're seeing the same kind of hate speech 
style social regulations and even you know maybe well, not laws yet. one day. But but the but no this the, the, socially though. This, I mean, yeah, the as, cultural as desire. Do Europe, yeah. I, I don't think that we truly have freedom. As for the racial demographics question, um, I mean, if you asked a Chinese person this, they would laugh in your face. They'd be like, uh, Chinese only. Um, I'm not like that. But I don't really think that we have this this binding culture that is going to override everybody's tribalistic nature. I just I just hmm. don't I don't think so. Well, um, and the, the the real answer is you can't be racist if you don't let anyone in. And that's really what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I want to let no, I, I, I said I've said it a million times moratorium on immigration. Yeah. That's really what we need right now. Um, let's do a few more two way. Matt and I made love really. I am hurt by those who claimed it didn't happen. If I were a hot woman, I would be believed. This is old. This is old fat guy oppression. I'm a champion of love and yeah, honesty. Yeah, you're Yay. an advocate. <laughs> Thor's four two four. What do jokes about Matt's sexuality and kids with cancer have in common? <laughs> they never get old. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Last one for right now. Uh, beer me too, Brett. Whenever I'm a witness for the cops, I make sure to call them pigs, slap one of them, and throw a beer at them. They always tell the media how I was cooperative and a credible witness. Hashtag Justin. <laughs> Thank you for that. All right. You all set to uh, move along with some additional topics? Sure. I'm going to be quick with these uh, the stories on the um, the Russian collusion in McCabe because we sort of already talked about this and it's it's a little dry. <laughs> but it is it is important uh, nonetheless. It's such an unsatisfying payoff, though. After two years of this, it's like... So... Uh, in a totally unsurprising development, the Senate Intel Committee has found no evidence of Russian collusion. Just to give you an idea of the scale of this investigation, two years, 200 interviews, review of 300,000 documents, no direct evidence of a conspiracy between Trump and Russia, according to both members or both parties uh, on the committee, members of both parties on the committee. Uh, this, of course, comes after the House Intelligence Committee reached the same conclusion in April. It also comes as a precursor to the end of Mueller's investigation, which reportedly will end soon, but I also heard that in September. So, uh, but, but the relevance to, to Mueller's investigation, yeah. are you still there? Are you frozen? Oh, oh there you sorry. go. You were frozen for a second. Yeah, my computer's been kind of slow today. Oh. Well, anyway, this also comes as a precursor for, for the supposed end of, uh, of Mueller's investigation. Uh, but... In terms of what we can expect out of Mueller's investigation by reading between the lines or inferring from this piece of news, uh, the Senate Intel Committee has access to basically everything. I don't know of anything that Mueller would be able to find that the Senate Intel Committee wouldn't be able to find. So it's just the question of did Mueller have a keener eye on the evidence than the Senate Intel Committee? Probably not. So I'm not expecting some bombshell from Robert Mueller, but keep your fingers crossed to the same people who believe Jesse Smollett's story at face value. Keep your fingers crossed about Robert Mueller ousting the president. And speaking of ousting the president, <laughs> former acting FBI director Andrew McCabe appeared on 60 Minutes. I think the full interview is airing like right now, tonight on CBS. But oh, really? uh, portions of it were, were uh, aired or, or published earlier this week. And he revealed that immediately after Trump fired Comey, uh, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein had discussions with him, Andrew McCabe, um, cabinet officials and other DOJ personnel about invoking the 25th Amendment mm. to remove Trump from office. 
Recall that Section 4 of the 25th Amendment reads, Whenever the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or other such body, as Congress may by law provide, transmit uh, to Congress their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the power and duties of his office, the vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the uh, the office of the acting uh, president. And there goes Blonde. I guess her internet finally gave out. We'll see if we can get her back. In the meantime, uh, let's listen to what um, what Andrew McCabe had to say. Discussion of the 25th Amendment was, was simply Rod raised the issue and discussed it with me okay. in the context of thinking about right. how many other cabinet officials might support such an effort. Rosenstein was actually openly talking about whether there was a majority of the cabinet who would vote to remove the president. That's correct. Counting votes or possible votes. What seemed to be coursing through the mind of the deputy attorney general was getting rid of the president of the United States, Well, one I, way or another. I can't confirm that. But what I can say is the deputy attorney general was definitely very concerned about the president, about his capacity, and about his intent at that point in time. How did he bring up the idea of the 25th Amendment to you? He, it was just another kind of topic that he jumped to in the midst of a, a, of a wide-ranging conversation. Seriously? Have you, <laughs> yeah. Just another topic? Yeah. Hey, how's the FBI stuff going? By the way, would you like to help me remove right. the president from office? Okay. Uh, I mean, t- t- do you believe it? Uh, I don't know. Do you believe Andrew McCabe? Maybe the don't forget, though, the other side of this is uh, that this is not the first report of accusations like this. Yeah. Back in September, we discussed on this show, Rod Rosenstein, uh, there, were, there were rumors circulating that he was considering the uh, considering wearing a wire, considering recording Trump as a means to collect evidence in pursuit of this 25th Amendment uh, aim. Which is basically, I mean, this is essentially like a, a, a coup of sorts. It it's is non-violent a coup. If coup. I understand the 25th Amendment correctly, it's, it's uh, due to incapacitation only. Wasn't this because Woodrow Wilson had a stroke and people found out that his wife was basically running the country? I'm not sure what the historical context is or what the, how the law has been defined by the, or how the amendment has been defined by the courts or not. Well, McCabe did, he was very careful to mention his capacity to, you know, his ability yeah. to serve. And I think that that he was trying to stay within the confines of the 25th amendment. I suppose. I mean, I would assume you'd have to deliver like a medical reason. He is literally yeah. incapable. Right. As opposed to just. We, we think we, we don't think like he's him. loony, we or yeah. we don't like him. Now, Lindsey Graham, hero of the Kavanaugh hearings, Lindsey Graham, now cool Lindsey Graham. Couldn't believe that when I was like, wow. Lindsey Graham is the coolest guy in Congress now. What a world. He, uh, he being the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, says his panel will investigate the claim on Face the Nation. He said, quote, there's an allegation by the acting FBI director at the time that the deputy attorney general was basically trying to do an administrative coup, take the president down through the 25th Amendment process. Uh, the deputy attorney general denies it. I promise your viewers the following, that we will have a hearing about who's telling the truth, what actually happened. Rosenstein denies the allegation. He released a statement that says, uh, quote, as to the specific portions of this interview provided to the Department of Justice by 60 minutes in advance, the deputy attorney general again rejects Mr. McCabe's recitation of events as inaccurate 
and factually incorrect. So it's a game of who do you believe? I don't know. I'm inclined to say I believe none, but <laughs> I mean, who knows what that means at this point? Kind of surprised Rosenstein still has a job, I guess. Although since he's overseeing the Russia investigation, perhaps it's just because the optics, the political cost of firing him would be too great for the president to absorb. Right, right. And they're clearly not going to unearth anything at this point. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see Mueller report come out, Rosenstein fired. That would be a sensible sequence of events. Speaking of the attorney general's office, William Barr was confirmed this week too. I don't have all the details on that, but we have a new attorney general. Hmm. So that happened kind of quietly amid, amid all the other news this week. Okay, let's talk about this Aurora shooting that the Super Jetter referenced earlier. Uh, so in Aurora, Illinois, not to be confused with Aurora, Colorado, because if you just type in Aurora shooting, yeah. you get a lot of Colorado yeah. results. Bad bad times to live in Auroras. Well, that Watch was out. a movie theater shooting. That was uh, James Holmes, yeah. Oh. So, um, yeah, it was the movie theater. An employee, uh, an employee fatally shot five coworkers at an Aurora, Illinois uh, manufacturing facility. After being told he was losing his job, he did it with an illegally possessed, at least as far as the state of Illinois is concerned, uh, 40 caliber handgun. Illinois is, of course, one of the strictest uh, gun states, gun control states in the country. To buy or possess a gun, you have to have a state-issued FOID card, F-O-I-D, that the Super Chatter referenced earlier. So that's a firearm owner's ID. Just to buy a gun, you got to go to the state and say, please, Mr. Government, I'm a good boy. I haven't committed any crimes. Give me a license, please. And they have to give you that. Otherwise, you're not buying a gun. Now, the shooter was able to obtain a FOID card because a police background check did not reveal his prior criminal record, which he did have from Mississippi and elsewhere. However, so he gets his FOID card. He goes and buys a gun. However, How did they missed that. Was it not entered into some federal database or something? I can't believe that government databases and, <laughs> and, and government bureaucracy failed to catch a, a right. criminal. You know what the solution to this is? It's just, it's always, we're one law short. <laughs> one law God short. God dang it. Yeah. We're always one law short. Now, yeah. the reason that he got, I guess, caught, if you want to put it that way, prior to this shooting uh, his application, so he, he he got the FOID card, he bought a gun, he then applied for a concealed carry permit. And the police issued, uh, and, and as we'll hear in a moment, to get a concealed carry permit in Illinois, you actually have to get fingerprinted. And it was through the fingerprinting that they connected the dots on his prior criminal record. So then they issued a letter to him that says, hey, Mr. Criminal, we know about you. Not only are you not getting a concealed carry permit, but also give us your FOID card and your guns <laughs> at your convenience. Come down to the station. Yeah. Whenever, you know, whenever you have time, that'd be nice. Now, reportedly also, the place of work is a gun-free zone. According to local ABC coverage, anchors asked a witness if he ever saw the man, the shooter, with guns at work. And the witness said, uh, quote, no, we are not even supposed to have any guns at work. The reporting I saw said gun-free zone. I don't know if that, I I don't want to misrepresent the place of work because just because there may be a policy there doesn't mean there aren't armed guards or something like that in place. So I'm not entirely clear. That's just, just what I've seen. Anyway, um, check out the, uh, check out the news reporting on this. And 
Just take note of what the local anchors in Chicago say. So how was the shooter able to buy and keep a gun despite his criminal past? WGN investigates is on the case. Gary Martin had half a dozen run-ins with suburban police over the last decade or so. There were arrests for everything from traffic violations to domestic violence and violating an order of protection. Before Friday, Gary Martin's most serious run-in with the law happened in Mississippi in 1995. He was convicted of aggravated assault and records show he spent a little less than two years in prison. Fast forward to January 2014. Martin applied for and received an Illinois firearms owner identification card. Two months later, he bought a 40 caliber Smith & Wesson handgun. A week later, he applied for a concealed carry permit. Only then did authorities run his fingerprints and find that previous felony conviction. A firearm purchase does not require fingerprint. There is a background check, but no fingerprint is required. Um, so as part of the conceal and carry, that is when the fingerprint was, uh, that came back from that arrest in Mississippi. State police revoked Martin's Foyd card in 2014. They notified him by letter to turn over his gun. Aurora police should have also <laughs> been notified in 2014 that Martin's Foyd card had been revoked, but state law does not require police to actually go to someone's home and confiscate their weapons. The letter states that he needs to voluntarily relinquish the weapon, and we're looking into whether we followed up on that and what agencies followed up on that. This hole in state law that does not order police to take the weapons of someone who doesn't voluntarily turn them in is nothing new. In fact, state police have previously said they simply don't have the manpower to follow up on every case. And if you go back to 2012, this state audit found only 30% of revoked FOID cards, the cards themselves, were actually turned back into state police. The audit did not address how many actually turned over their guns <laughs> yeah. as a result of receiving a letter in the mail. I just oh, love the 1%. way that's framed, too. This hole in the law, it's what hole in the law? It, it seemed like the, repeated bureaucratic fumbles. The hole it seems in the law. like the background check works. Well, for the concealed carry, it didn't work for... It didn't now, work. So this for, is interesting. For the concealed carry, it worked. It worked for the concealed carry because of the fingerprinting. Yeah. The background check that he had to get to buy the handgun in the first place, everybody has to get. That's, that's per federal law. You're going to get that no matter what state you're in. So that would actually implicate the feds, not necessarily Illinois state law or state police. Huh. But again, the, the hole in the law was simply that existing law was not enforced, did not work. It's not really a, a hole in the law. And, and again, this is one of the most restrictive states that exists. So <laughs> it's, it's not a hole in the law. It shows that the strictest laws did not work. The answer is security and self-defense. Mm -hmm. the, the answer, I, that's why I love the way these are framed. The answer is always, well, if we just had one more law to make it a little more difficult for law-abiding people to defend themselves in such scenarios, that would have solved the problem. Trouble is we're always one law short. You're going to keep legislating. You're going to create, keep creating more and more laws until the law abiding are 100% defenseless. Right. And That's I'm not really trajectory. sure what their argument is because technically he did perpetrate the shooting with an illegally owned firearm. So yes, yeah, I mean, that's and then they I guess the hole in the law, too, was police didn't go to his house to confiscate it. OK, but if you're going to have police vetting every FOID card, every every firearm transaction and then for violators going to their homes to confiscate them, that's a huge drain on police resources. That's very, very dangerous. The, as the police were, were quoted as saying in this case, 
we just don't have the manpower to do that sort of thing. Right. So it's it's so funny how they set up they've set up this insane legal structure that's that's extremely strict. And then when they find violators, they send them a letter in the mail. Hey, you're a Guy. criminal. You're yeah. a criminal. You better not be doing any criminal stuff. Meanwhile, everybody who yeah. may in fact have have at least a chance to stop that person by being armed and competent in self defense, we'll just make it a little more difficult for them next time. And what I don't happened wanna... to him? Did he die in the shooting? I actually don't know. I um, bring up the story and see if you can find it. I, I should. I did not note that detail. I don't know if he's if alive I pull or dead. Up anything, my computer's going to explode. Um, let me see if I can find a quick answer for you. I don't uh, mean to put you on the spot. I just I didn't hear anything about the shooting. One because it was in Illinois, and because the dude was black, so I didn't hear. I mean, mainstream media. Where did you see this? Was it? Uh, I, I saw CNNs it, or NBCs. The story I'm looking at is WGN local Chicago. Hmm. But yeah, this this did not receive a ton of uh, a ton of national play that I saw. I just I found oh, it interesting. People are saying that he got in a shootout with the cops and he's dead. Oh, he's dead. Okay, all right. I'll take their word for it since I don't see it in this story. This story is mostly about how he got the gun in the first place, and the answer is always, huh? Maybe the reality is that there's no way we can legislate this problem away. Maybe the answer is to have a civilian, uh, to have a citizenry that's prepared for defense when terrible situations like this arise. Exactly. No, the answer is always, darn it, one more, just one more, one more law to utopia, one more law, and he'll get another letter in the mail. It's like, we're serious though. (laughs) We gave you a year or two and you still didn't turn your gun in. Please do at your earliest convenience. Yeah. Okay, meanwhile... As I mentioned, David Hogg is back. Ugh. David Hogg appeared on MSNBC this week with Andrea Mitchell, who may or may not be as dead as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's up there in terms of people I suspect are actually dead but are <laughs> animated anyway. He's on MSNBC because it's the uh, the anniversary of the Parkland attack, and he's talking about his ongoing activism efforts. And I've never seen someone jam so much firearm incompetence and nonsense into a one minute segment as i've heard here and he's the champion of such things but even this uh, stood out here's david hawk does this mean that it's going to be very hard to get agreement on congressional action that perhaps it has to be state by state city by city yeah sometimes it does have to be state by state and even at the state level sometimes they don't want to work with us that's why in florida yesterday along with uh, several family members of people that were lost in the shooting at my high school, we introduced uh, a ballot initiative that we're working on getting right now to ban assault weapons in our state like the one that the shooter at my high school used so that no other person can get their hands on them. Because the truth of the matter is, weapons like the AR-15 have an effective range of over 1,500 meters. If you're using a weapon with an effective range of over 1,500 meters, you are not defending yourself, you are hunting a human being. And I don't think any civilian needs to have their hands on a military weapon like that. David Hogg, thank you so much. I think you're taking a gap year, and I know you're gonna go on to, I think, Harvard next fall. Uh, You've got a lot ahead of you. We really look forward to talking to you frequently and hearing your reports back. Thank you very much. Well, thanks, Harvard intellectual David Hogg. Uh, I don't know, uh, to be fair, maybe he's talking uh, talking about an AR-15 chambered in artillery, maybe. What is he talking, he said 1,500 yards, right? 1,500 meters, roughly the same, 1,500 yards, 1,500 meters generally, but think, okay, not all of us are experts in the metric system. That's nearly a mile. That's nearly a mile, to put that in perspective, I, I I got curious because I was like, how, where would this rank in terms of like military sniping achievements? 
in terms of what is known, it would be it would be at number 13 <laughs> of the longest snipe ever known in at least yeah. as in these ones this is not uh, comprehensive on Wikipedia as it notes. It's not exhaustive, but it would be at least as Wikipedia has ranked them 1500 yards school sniping. I mean, what is the actual range? It can't be more than like Effective range is something in the neighborhood. I don't know off the top of my head. I would guess it's like maybe 800. Maybe. Uh, Don't quote me on that. But it's not 1,500. Uh, It's not 1,500. But here's the thing, too. In terms of the the debate about the danger of AR-15s or whatever else, range has never been the factor in any school shooting. Yeah, range. That's true. It's that not school snipings. Either. Was Nicholas Cruz on a hill far, yeah, away, far away, laying prone in a ghillie suit, sniping you like this is Call of Duty Four or something like that? What are you talking about? Range has never been the issue. If Nicholas Cruz had a shot, a twelve gauge shotgun with buckshot, he might have done more damage. He was in close proximity. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting point about range too is, I thought you guys believed in legitimate sporting and hunting purposes. Well, what's crucial about Hunting purposes, range. You talk about kill hunting humans, no. Hunting animals, you do actually need some range in your uh, some range uh, capability in your firearms. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, I'm not a hunter. If there are hunters in our audience who have taken down a deer or an elk or something like that from 1,500 yards, I'm very impressed, and I'd like to hear your story. Especially if you did it with an AR, I, you just kind of lobbed it yeah. up in the sky like. Like it's a cannon or something like that. You really, you, you know, you calculated, you, you got out your geometry tools and calculated the trajectory and <laughs> yeah. the arc and you really lobbed it in there from a mile away. <laughs> Notably too, on all of these world record snipings, none of these are using uh, your standard AR 5.56 or 2.23 rounds. None of them. They're all using 50 caliber or, uh, or, other, um, or other caliber um, rounds. Nobody, even in a military setting, is pulling off the kind of shootings that David Hogg is describing with your standard 5.56 chambered AR. It's not happening, dude. Uh, But he's not done. He gets on Twitter. I I heard about this from, (laughs) from some people before the stream here. He gets on Twitter and he says, no one, this just a few hours ago, no one with a history of domestic violence should ever be able to purchase a firearm. And the NRA disagrees with that because they don't want because they want to sell more guns because they profit off of mass shootings that cause gun sales to skyrocket. Okay, first of all, this is already the law per federal law. Misdemeanor domestic assault is excludes you from lawful firearm ownership. You are a prohibited person as far as federal law is concerned. And every time you fill out a form, if you were to go buy a gun at a shop right now, you'd go down there, you'd check the box. There'd be a question on the form. Have you ever been convicted of misdemeanor domestic assault? And you would say no, presumably because you haven't, but you know what happened after that? They'd run a background check to see if you have. So there's already the law. The NRA doesn't oppose it. They've never done anything to undermine that law. Also, they profit off of mass shootings and they want to sell more guns. The NRA doesn't sell guns. They don't profit right. off and of gun sales. And who goes out and buys guns after mass shootings? I guess people that are worried that gun regulations are going to tighten That's up. That's the only time. Is David that what Hogg, David Hogg is a way bigger gun salesman than the NRA. David Hogg, <laughs> honestly... I've become much more interested in firearms over the last year. And that's not to say that I was anti before. I just, I didn't, I have as much interest in them as I do now. 
honestly speaking, a primary reason, David Hogg and the rest <laughs> of these people who want to take away this right. I thought, oh my God, there's like serious, uh, there's a serious political effort to undermine this right. I better know what the laws are. I better know, uh, I better know uh, how firearms function better. I better be a more capable firearms user as you're frozen. Hopefully you're coming back. I don't know. My point is that David Hogg has been personally motivating for me to care more about firearms and to become more uh, capable and informed on the issue. So thank you, David Hogg, for that. But the trouble is that I have um, that I have surprise cringe up next, and Blonde is not here. So let's uh, take her off screen for a moment and see if she comes back. In the meantime, I will see what's going on over on Streamlabs. Thanks for your patience, everybody. If you want to rip Blonde's internet company, go ahead and do that. Send her a mean message about it. We got a lot of people over on uh, on Streamlabs, though. Mike Donovan says, Blonde, last show you said you wouldn't support a Ben Shapiro presidency. Why not? Is it just because he's a Jew? <laughs> I think it's a little more complicated than that. Or is it because of the Corey Lewandowski thing? If so, isn't it a bit petty to eat one of our own over a mistake like that? Please elaborate. I will see if I'm able to bring that question to her attention. But unfortunately for now, I'll probably have to move on, man. But you can send, uh, you can send her an email. We'll see if she actually response to it open my skype and she see what she's saying i fear that she's been like knocked offline silver bullet uh silver bullet says in his latest video tim pool shared a comprehensive list of hoax hate crimes without throwing you guys an honorable mention even though you've been compiling a list for two years ah that's all right it's not like we're the ultimate authority on these things or anything like that and also i don't have a list we've just been doing it on the show and i'm glad that tim is raising uh, awareness of this particular problem in our society uh, Rich Ben says, here's two months of non-Patreon monies for you. I'm wishing Smollett gets arrested for his hoax hate, but we all know the liberal activists run the courts. The spending bill is Obamacare, Obamacare 2.0. No one read it, but it passed anyway. Uh, fair point. Thanks for supporting. Mm, uh, oh, this is Michael Schlecht. I've been slacking on my donations. Just wanted to uh, drop in and remind you all about, the, uh, about how awesome you guys are uh, and the community you've built. Never forget that. Well, thanks. And I'm glad uh, the, the meetups are going well. Shout out to the Chicago BATB group having our first meetup this Saturday. Appreciate it. I'm glad it went well. Thanks for supporting. Michu says, Dr. Bogosian's dog park paper has become the most viewed gender studies paper with 32,000 views. That's classic. Uh, if people are unfamiliar, that's the, uh, that's the hoax papers. Oh, there you are. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what happened. Suddenly, I got logged out of every one of my accounts. Oh, I thought maybe you got DDoSed or something. Jeez, I don't know ah. what's going on today. Sorry. That's cool. I've been uh, we, I've rounded out on David Hogg and I've been reading uh, Streamlabs and then we'll get Ugh, back into Super okay. Chat. Unless you have more to say about Mr. Hogg. But I did have one Streamlabs question specific for you, which was why would you oppose a Ben Shapiro presidency? What? Didn't we or, ask this question a few weeks ago? Yeah, but well, the, the, the Super Chatter referenced that and said, Blonde, I, I can't remember what you said, but um, the Super Chatter says Blonde said she would not support Curious Why Not. Um, I mean, I suppose it depends on who the opponent is. Uh, I, I don't think he's like if an it was, ideal candidate. Like if it was um, Ben Shapiro versus Kamala Harris or Cory Booker or whoever. I, I would probably swallow my pride and, and vote for him. But we have some serious philosophical disagreements. Hmm. He's a bit of a neocon. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've got my reasons. People. Fair enough. Matt Vicari, the, the super chatter did ask, is it just because he's a Jew? That was asked in there. <laughs> no, no, that's not it. Okay. 
Matt Vicari said, I have a right to cross Matt's border, if you know what I'm saying. I, well, I guess. I guess everyone has that right if the super chat is to be, be believed. Thank you, man. And Cameron says, uh, Matt, that word I wrote is pronounced kvetching, which means whining or complaining. I'm not familiar with that one. Usually associated with certain groups due, <laughs> God, due to their perpetual victimhood status, despite perpetrating multiple crimes themselves. Sorry if the ADL comes knocking. My God, terrible I, timing. I don't know who you're talking about. Are, are you I, referring I, to the Bolsheviks and the Holodomor? Where's my disavow button? Hold on. Well, I got this one. Or I, I got can't the, believe it. Or I got this one. I disagree that. with that. Okay. You're up if you're ready. Um, are the with the super chats? Yeah, I'm trying to reload all my pages right now. Uh -oh. Do you have super chat open? Uh, I don't, but you know, I'm prepared. I'm sorry, I don't know. What to Seriously, like let's see if we can find it. Were we supposed to have surprise credit? Yeah, actually, you're right. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. All right, we're back. Like, Thanks for that like intermission. Yeah, this is like our first difficulties. first ever stream. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's watch the surprise cringe. I totally forgot. Thanks for reminding me of that. I thought we were all done, but we do have surprise cringe, so let's take care of that. And I'll. Do you remember where you left off in Super Chat? Which Super Chatter? Mm, no, but I'll find it during surprise cringe. How's that? Well, you got to watch the surprise cringe. Okay, I'm doing both. I'm okay, multitasking. Fine. fine, let's get to the surprise cringe. Uh, but I'm even... I'm at the wrong <laughs> spot. God, all right, here we go. Thin privilege. Now, it's not a mythical creature or something made up. If you're thin, you have a certain privilege. So everyday tasks that a thinner person can take for granted. They can leave a plus-size person like myself feel full of anxiety, burden, and upset, and feelings that they don't belong and don't deserve not playing playing. here. So, public transport. It's not playing? What? No! <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, reload the page. Okay. Try that. Try that. Thin privilege. It really is reminding me of the old days. I'm getting kind of nostalgic. It just says loading. Oh, there we go. We got it. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Is it, all right. You ready? Yeah. Now, it's not a mythical creature or something made up. If you're thin, you have a certain privilege. So everyday tasks that a thinner person can take for granted. They can leave a plus-size person like myself feel full of anxiety, burden, and upset, and feelings that they don't belong and don't deserve a place in here. So, public transport. What a nightmare for plus-size people. Just think. Can you sit in the seat and not be met with sighs, puffing, puffing, someone squirming in the seat next to you, making you feel uncomfortable? But shopping, can you go into 99.9% of the high street and shop, try on, and take an outfit away that very same day and not actually be able to go and enjoy the experience of shopping? Or grabbing something to eat, just think. Can you pop into a bakery, pick up a donut, and sit there and then enjoy it? And not feel that you've met with stares or comment, I cannot do that. Go into the doctors. Are you able to go and be seen and diagnose what is actually wrong with you? Or the appointment turned into a weigh-in session? And to be honest, I actually avoid going that to the doctors That is what's wrong now, with you, though. Because I don't feel like I'm <laughs> taken seriously. Just because someone's smaller, just in the same way as someone's bigger, there's no way that you could diagnose someone's health just by looking at them you wouldn't go up you to sure a person or comment on pictures listing off all the health problems that they may or may not have yet again another privilege but just simply acknowledging there is the privilege 
that society has unfortunately put on people who are thinner. Just to combat it, just acknowledge it, be accepting of anybody of any size. Wow, what a bunch of nonsense. I mean, she just talks about all of these things that she could solve if she just had a little self-discipline and makes it everybody else's problem. Yeah, that was kind of interesting to me. It's like, if the privilege is so great, this is definitely one that you choose, you know, as mm -hmm. opposed to racial privilege, whatever these these things are, If you even if you agree that they exist or not. Uh, you you absolutely can choose this one much more so. Maybe not in all cases, but much more much so. Much more so. And the sad thing about this is she kind of has a pretty upper face. Yeah. Like well, lose 60 pounds and, and you know, you and might be kind of hot. That's the thing. I don't even care. Like, I, I don't care if you want to live overweight. That's not my business. I, I don't care. Whatever. The point is, stop lecturing me about how, like, I have to accommodate you or right. I have to treat you because of it or whatever. Uh, to give some context, this is from BBC Sesh. It's a new social channel from BBC Wales aimed at young adults that showcases the country's most exciting new talent. Speaking of the talent, they don't name her. Did you just say BBC Wales? Yeah, as in the country, Wales, yes. <laughs> BBC Wales showcasing the most <laughs> exciting new whales. This, uh, th they talk about exciting new talent, and this lady is not named. Her Twitter account is mentioned in the tweet, but her account is private. On Twitter, she goes by the name Carbifornia Girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'm so unsympathetic. I don't know. I'm sure some of the audience knows about this because we've talked about this before. But Matt and I both used to kind of be fatties. And so we are not, not sympathetic level. to this to this to this fat person thing. All you have to do is just change your lifestyle. I mean, she she was there eating donuts and stuff. Interesting about the donut segment. She says, "Well, you can go to a bakery and eat a donut and not have people stare at you." What's going on in the scene? She shows her eating a donut and people walking by, not caring. Not caring. Yeah. Yeah. Where are the people castigating you? Where are the people ridiculing you that you're describing? You aren't but, going um, to stop me from judging you either. That, that and you reserve people. Yeah, you reserve the right to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. You don't. It's not fun to be like uh, scrutinized in public, but that's why people watching is fun. Don't you like to go to a mall and just people watch? I love doing that. Yeah. Like sit with somebody and like think of like trying to guess what the conversations people are having. Are Back or when that I used sort to think thing. people were interesting. Yeah. I still enjoy it. It's just the apathy that has just worn down my soul. <laughs> but like all, all of her privilege points, like public transit, that's annoying for everyone. Nobody's like, ooh, yay, public transit. It's a proximity thing. Right. It's like, Who loves be... taking public transit? It's yeah. always a nightmare. My thin privilege and my enjoyment of public transit. No. Shopping. Okay, I get it. Maybe they don't have your gigantic, abnormally large size. On the other side of it, I'm about as normal sized of a male as it gets. I'm like the normal size display men's clothing and everything. And as a consequence, they never have anything that, that I wear because it's, it's always sold out. So, you know, do I complain that you guys have abnormal size privilege and that you can go get your size 14 shoes whenever you want? No, whatever. Um, and to the eating point, like I said, nobody's yeah. ridiculing her. And then the, 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 <laughs> the best point, the doctors are bigots too, and they're wrong. I hate how my doctor appointment turns into a weigh-in session. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, and she, she says, well, I'm just not going to the doctor anymore. Good call as an obese person. Great. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Smart move. And a lot of conditions can be diagnosed just by looking at you. And, and she makes this distinction between thin people. She says, we well, can't tell the health issues of thin people. Bullshit. 
Look at what's her face, uh, Eugene, Eugenia Cooney, the the anorexic YouTuber. Everyone's ripping. Everyone is concerned about her. Let's put it that way, because she's she's like Holocaust skinny. When you look at that, chick. it is like, it, it's incredible. Every like yeah. three months or so, I'll click on one of her videos just to make sure she's still alive. Yeah, and by the way, playing layman eye doctor, you go, that ain't healthy. No, you By can the look at token. her and be like, you know, she's clearly anorexic, so she probably has this array of health problems. You can do the same thing with somebody that's morbidly obese. Yeah, I, I think she's confusing like specific diagnosis. I guess I agree that I can't diagnose you with pancreatic cancer just by looking at you. But... Yeah, I guess with some diagnosis, but you know, some things are like a, like a melanoma. You diagnose it mm. by looking at it. I mean, there are lots sure. of conditions that are external that could be diagnosed by it. And it's just a general fact, like being overweight is a risk factor for like Heart almost disease every disease and, under yeah. the sun. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> so whatever. <sighs> anyway, I found where we left off on Super Chat. So thankfully uh, we're John? out of that mess. I have the last one as Beer Me Too Brett, ah, okay. as in the one we need to read now. Uh, no, I read Beer Me Too. You did read that one. Okay, okay. then John. John is up. You're right. Um, the Kamala Harris, I listened to Snoop Dogg and Tupac in college. I was exposed to graduated two years before either of them yeah. dropped their first album. Pander, pander, yeah. pander. Uh, Country Blumpkin, I'm an actually, whoops. <laughs> Penguinator. just a great name. It is just a great a name. name. Uh, Penguinator, no note. Thank you. Fat Hooligan, here's some money for a Subway sandwich after the show. Watch out for them Nigerians, I know, I know, though. Man. This is mega country, as you know. <laughs> yeah. Rakusa, uh, regarding RBG, was it open casket public appearance? Love your program. Dang it. I should have been prepared for that one. That was a good one. Miles Kinslow. Hey guys, I recently saw a video from progressive Kim Iverson being called be very careful what you wish for in this video. She warns if Trump is impeached, voted out, it will make life worse because Trump will be unleashed. Hmm. Huh? I wonder what that means. I'd have to check it out. Miguel C. Don't be so harsh on Nigerians. Guys, they're really nice people. One of them even promised to give me half of his massive inheritance in exchange for nothing but my bank account details. I hope you took that deal. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Sounds great. Mugwump666G. He never mentioned that, that they yelled mega country with a Nigerian accent. I get, to be fair, I guess these guys don't have accents. Like they have a YouTube, um, I get the joke. I'm not taking away from the joke, but they have a YouTube fitness channel. And I guess they, they've Do lived they, in the, apparently, apparently they were like, they like rub oil on each other. And I definitely didn't watch it for three hours straight, pumping iron? <laughs> but apparently they speak with no detectable accent. Mm whatever um so i'm told I mortimer duke jesse smollett soon to star in the new made for tv drama miranda and the fifth amendment <laughs> michael field love your show after a week of uh of work i really appreciate having you guys to wind down with on, on a sunday night i'm sorry about all the technical issues guys um, my real sanity safe space love from the uk p.s fuck islam no <laughs> i can't you, believe michael. it someone but have so much like hate in their heart. All right, get to Liz. Get to Liz. Liz P, our foxy Liz. They were seen on video buying a red hat for the attack. So the initial wearing a mega hat claim was somewhat true. They also rehearsed the attack. The story always stunk. We could all <laughs> small it. I did. That, that was a good one, too. I didn't hear the rehearsal claim prior, but I guess that makes yeah. sense. I wonder what attending the rehearsal was like. Oh my God. Did he pay him for the rehearsal hours, too? <laughs> Jesus. Spencer Vet, Boise peeps. Sign up on the meetup sheet. Blonde, join us when you get something set up. Both of you, thoughts on a single six year term for presidents? 
they pretty much lose two years campaigning for re-election. Um, I'd be fine yeah, with that. Maybe. I mean, you also, you, the first term is impacted by second term aspirations, too. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of Trump's political calculations now will be with re-election in mind, as opposed to what he actually wants to do or believes in doing. In Costa Rica, you can have two terms, but they have to be non-consecutive. Ah, yeah. I always thought that was yeah. interesting. I could see. I could see it. Uh, Joseph Duff Kalusik, Smollett's defense. It's not what it looks like. I just paid them 3500 for a back alley double stuff fantasy. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Yeah. As for RBG, since her rejuvenation, she can't be captured on film or be seen in a movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. You guys are so funny. Gabriel Lopez, given how people jump to this uh, into this Smollett BS so hard, do you guys know of at least one actual hate crime where the perp is white, victim black, and the motive is actually racial? Yes, I do. Do you have As one? In, well, the last one I can think of is the, is the Dylan Roof shooting, obviously. Yes, but, um, two years ago, there was a guy, this super racist guy who was subscribed to my channel. So I got a lot of media. Oh my God. This. Yeah. I, re I remember this yes, now. Yeah. He went to New York to like kill a random black person. Yeah. And he killed this homeless black person with like yeah. a sword or some shit. Yeah. And it truly was racially motivated. Um, he wasn't, he was also subscribed to PewDiePie and some other people. Listening. So yeah. I, I remember though, the, the urge to blame his YouTube subscriptions. It was, oh, bizarre. it was terrible. I got yeah. so much media hate for that. Yeah. Uh, the ringtail says continuing sex success to y'all. Thank you. <sighs> Almost a Freudian slip there. Yeah. Really. Okay. <laughs> uh, Nate says I'm taking a news writing class in college and it's shocking how out of touch he is with the current state of journalism. He talks mm. like we're still in 2009 and the only media radicals are on the right. That's absurd. I mean, who, journalists aren't even journalists anymore. Like who has a credential journalism history that becomes a journalist in this day and age? Also, also I'm waiting for the journalism, the, the mainstream media mistakes right now that are in Trump's favor. Oh, we accidentally made a mistake that worked to Trump's benefit or was too kind to him as opposed to too critical. Right. right. Whoopsie. That doesn't happen ever. Yeah. Uh, we take over. I'm getting a little hoarse. Yeah, we had uh, Trendy, Trendy Fool. Fool. Trendy Fool says, it's a good thing the police found those Nigerian men. They're supposed to be bringing me the $25 million I was bequeathed <laughs> from a long-lost relative. Yes, I figured we'd get a, a bunch of these jokes tonight, and I embrace them. <laughs> Super Wrong Think AOC says, since Jesse is gay and black, he doesn't need to be factually correct. He is inherently morally correct. Fair point. Uh, what's her, what's her, t the way I type this is funny, but it says, what's her tits is also a fucking idiot, but it's what's her T one T's is also a forking <laughs> idiot. Uh, Laurel says regarding the sponsors of the UACs, that section of the bill says you can't be deported. So this is the unaccompanied children, uh, in the, in the immigration, uh, portion of the, the, the budget bill, that section of the bill says you can't be deported based on what's in the sponsorship application. It does not stop them from being deported for other reasons. Okay. Right. So that's an important distinction. Uh, Tranny Bain says CNN reported on Twitter that Cory Booker has chosen to remain silent on the Jesse hoax case. Compare that to when it looked like Trump's racist America was to blame. Yeah. I saw a clip of him basically refusing to answer the question and recall, uh, he was on Twitter. Cory Booker was on Twitter. Um, Previously saying that that the Jesse Smollett case was reason to support this anti-lynching bill he was trying to get through Congress. But Kamala Harris said something to that effect too, didn't she? Yeah, a lot of pretty much all of them did. Put out oh, something God. that's nonsense. Uh Flight Mask says, I've been dating here in the Seattle area, and almost all of the women have Trump derangement syndrome. They're great otherwise. So is it ethical to slowly try to change their minds and red pill them? Yeah, I think if you can find oh, one who's sure. open-minded, yeah. who doesn't jump down your throat for for just 
gently putting ideas in front of her. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that's crazy. No, I mean that's the best that's the best way to do it. For yeah. Sure. Uh, Warren Navarro says, take my monies, you two diving in homeownership in California. Well, oh. geez, that's, that's gotta cost a pretty, pretty penny. I'm assuming unless you're in more rural places, hopefully in a few years, I can sell to some loser lefty in profit, <laughs> do my bidding capitalism. Thank God for, or for VA home loans. Well, good to hear. And, and thanks for serving. Grandmaster level says longtime supporter. I just wanted to say hi. I do a live stream on medical cannabis every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific. If that interests anyone, 98 weeks in a row. Wow. Well, dedication is the key to a successful podcast or stream. Cheers, Matt Blonde Gravity and mods in the chat. Well, thanks and good luck with the uh, the show. David Blackstone says Trump caved, but this proves once and for all that Republicans are perfectly happy being the permanent minority party. Who gives a crap about these peasants? I'm fat and comfortable. Worse than the Dems, in my opinion. Well, they certainly have their, their problems, and I'm disappointed in this outcome for sure. Uh, Atari Deos, thanks for bringing some sanity to Insane World. Well, thanks for tuning in. Jamie Clay says California owes the Fed $3 billion for abandoning the bullet train. We didn't even get to talk about that this yeah. week. Trump should put that uh, free cash on the wall. That's the consensus here in the retirement home in San Rafael. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> that, that story was so crazy. I wish we had time to talk about it. Jay Fry, Jay Fry, he's back. Roses are red, violets are blue. Quit using cap locks, goddammit. I don't know if... <laughs> Jay has mod powers. You can, you can control that. We've delegated yeah. that authority to you. Thanks, man. Cameron Jones says, we're under 31 active national emergencies. This isn't Trump's first one yet. Uh, Democrats already use national emergencies. They're pretending this is new, but it's Trump going after a sacred cow. I mean, I agree and disagree. Like the, the, the nature of this one is different. That said, I mean, I can't be mad at somebody who's trying to get something done. Who's going to maximize the trying to maximize or find the boundaries of the authorities that Congress has delegated to him, which I think was foolish. I think Congress was wrong to do that. Yeah. Mm. Do you, do you, uh, are you good to take over? You need me to uh, yeah. Over? Which one was the last one you did? We're on Jeremy. Uh, we're on Jeremy. We are on Jeremy. Uh, yeah. Jeremy Lyshenko says the jogger in Colorado that was attacked by a mountain lion has just revisited his timeline of the attack to include the mountain lion having yelled. <laughs> this is mega country while attacking him. I yeah. heard. I heard that. Good for that guy. I hope yeah. that some really hot chick bangs him for that. Um, <laughs> seriously, he fought off a mountain lion with his bare hands. Well, it was a little mountain lion. It was only 40 pounds. It was like oh, a, really? a young mountain lion. But still, think still. about a 40-pound dog attacking you or something. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Yeah. Uh, Kalov, Bliov, uh, I once gave Trump a back massage while chewing gum. I leaned over him and slowly lowered the long string of gum from my <laughs> mouth down to Trump's. He took the other end in his teeth and strummed it with his tongue to tell me lower, lower in Morse code i don't even know what i'm what am hearing I right there thank you i'm just Caleb. glad i'm i'm not the subject of that uh that's true uh joseph duff Kalisics again the emergency order is the fucking senate's fault they won't end the filibuster and broke government so the ratchet in lawmaking only turns one way toward more bigger and less effective mm. Uh, Robert Atkinson, stop saying Trump had a Republican Congress. That's bullshit. He never had a supermajority in the Senate like B.O. Barack Obama um, had in his first two years. One, I guess he's got another one coming, but I got to I, I mean, I guess a fair point. He didn't have a filibuster proof majority, but he had a majority. And it's like, listen, master negotiator guy, can you peel off a few like purple or red state Democrats to get on board? I don't think that's an unfair ask. And and even if even if I 
grant the premise here, he certainly had a much better path to passing these things legislatively then than he does now. I, I really don't get the strategy of waiting to go this hard until after the 2018 election. You yeah. knew it wasn't going to go. You knew you were going to lose some seats. So yeah. why wouldn't you have gone yeah. hard beforehand? I don't know. But uh, Dylan Despider, here are a few dollar dues for making the day more entertaining. Thank you. No, thank you, Mr. Spider. Brendan S. Callahan says, hey, guys, here's some money for me and my girlfriend. Love your vids, Matt. And my girlfriend mm. loves blondes. Keep up the amazing work. Cool. Thank you so much. I love that we have couples that watch the show together. Yeah. I think it's so sweet. Um, David Harris, can't listen live. I'm in the hospital with my newborn. Congratulations, Well, yeah, David. congrats. That's very cool to hear. Uh, Rick Moranis, fuck Ann Coulter. All she does is shill for book sales and flip sides. By the way, she never said anything close to, so, uh, to this harsh about Romney. So that should tell you what you need to know. I think I she's kind of a scorned you. lover. You know, like she had such yeah. high hopes for Trump that she's so harsh yeah. on him because she's been scorned. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm reading that I'm wrong. I'm not saying she's perfect. I mean, she did bang Bill Maher. We all have to keep that in mind. <laughs> Which, if you didn't see her last interview on real time which was just a few weeks ago they referenced that jokingly or bill did and it's really uncomfortable and you see them side by side in the chair so you can see just how much taller and longer she is than her than him God, and you naturally so kind gross. of picture so it. many elbows and you just picture her like spider wrapping bill noses <laughs> it's Ugh. just gross oh my god I, yeah that image was so vivid um Actually, Tina says, I know people aren't happy with Trump at the moment, but I have a feeling he'll begrudgingly get reelected due to the Dems being batshit regardless. Hey, man, it's his number one hope. It's his number one hope. Uh, Dan Lopez, the Army Corps of Engineers is often used on civil projects, and their mission is to deliver engineering services yeah. to strengthen our nation's security. Trump could direct them to build the wall, no problem. Come I mean, on. we'll see. We'll see if the courts accept uh, accept that. I don't, I don't think it's insane. I think it's a little bit of a stretch to call this a military project, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Rational Orc, I respect people like Rand Paul who have concerns about process, but at the same time, I have nothing but contempt for people who only care about process when right. it's convenient for them. Which is, which is what Xavier Becerra and the you know California AG the rest of the Democrats, they would be happy to build Green New Deal wind uh, um, windmills and stuff, wind, uh, wind energy facilities under this same authority. It's not process for them. It's strictly outcome. Henry Young, yeah. looking forward to listening to you tomorrow while I work in, a beautiful, in beautiful Southern California. Thanks for being my sanity safe space. Thank you so much mm. for listening, Henry. Uh, Hani Goldman, quick fire question time. Thoughts on Owen Benjamin, <laughs> thoughts on moon landing, thoughts on JFK. Did Oswald do it? Thoughts on lizard Jeez. people, thoughts on reincarnation, love from New Zealand. I'm going to have to say no on all those things. I like Owen Benjamin, though. And no on the moon landing. You don't think it happened? No, no on the moon landing conspiracy. I oh. The moon landing. How did the flag fly? There's no wind. Oh, God. I don't know anything about lizard people. Uh, Me neither. I'm not, and I don't believe in reincarnation. And I'm not that, conspiratorial about J- JFK either. Hmm. Um, thank you for that pseudo sign. Hey guys, you two are generous in assuming Dems are being logical in their opposition to a wall. The argument that Dems aren't for open borders assumes what we normally see. They're bloviating windpacks off your show. Thank you. Leah Steele. Hey guys, longtime listener, first time Sheckler blonde. <laughs> I look up, I looked up Jonah, Yona Yinton. Oh yeah, yeah. Her last week and you're way hotter. All the homo. <laughs> yeah, but, but she's, she's just got the soul of a, sweet little fairy and yeah. she's amazing she's amazingly talented i just i just fell in love with her mm. um this is from rational orc if the bill is as bad as people say it will trigger a child abuse scandal hitherto undreamt of huh. the dems will true will look truly awful in the long term savage but not in a good way 
Rick Moranis. In 2014, Ann Coulter said Mitt Romney had the best stance on immigration. She can promptly go fuck herself. All right. Everybody's hating on Ann. Jeez. She's going to have to fight off a lot of people. I know. Dotard Blornf. Gun control is super effective. And it's in the uh, the SpongeBob font. Yeah. Yeah. Izzy Long. Hey, guys. Izzy here from the Gun Collective again. The CDC said yesterday that there were 80,000 flu deaths last year. We don't have a gun problem. We have a flu problem. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks for tuning in. I, I, uh, I'm i subscribed to the Gun Collective as well. They do good work oh, over cool. there. So if you're cool. interested, I especially enjoy the uh, they do a legal brief. So if you're interested in in proposed laws or legal breakdowns of what's happening in the gun control world, that's a, they're a good resource. They are very knowledgeable and they produce great videos. So check awesome. them out. Awesome. This is S. Rosie. Hey, my wife and I have been watching y'all since episode one. Keep it up. Mm. Love you guys. Oh, geez. I don't know why you stuck around. I know. It's it's not even (laughs) like we have fewer technical difficulties. Um, Also, S. Rosie, P.S. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Styx has a secret second channel called Fat Hawaiian Man where he does music Mm. covers. Is that true? I've heard some of his music before, and I forget what the context was, but I thought, holy cow, this is Styx. He when he sings, it actually doesn't really sound like like he can he can make music. It's yeah, wow. he's he, yeah. You'd be surprised. He's so talented. Yeah. Um, Joshua says no one hunts anything of size with an AR-15 in South Dakota for deer rifles. Need to have a minimum of a thousand uh, foot pounds of energy point. Yeah. Two twenty three has around uh, twelve hundred fifty. I use three hundred Win Mag, which has around three thousand nine hundred fifty feet pounds of energy. I don't know what any of that means. It's just the physics of the projectile, the force with which the actual bullet hits the target. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the AR round that he's talking about is actually smaller. It, it hits with less force than, uh, than the larger rounds he's talking about for hunting purposes. Um, I got to reload um, my page. The question is, have you sniped any, any game with an AR from a mile away? That's what I want to know. Yeah. If you can make that claim, Joshua, hit me up. Uh, uh, yeah, I got a couple here. Penguinator says, good show, guys. Sorry, can't watch live. But uh, or live for a while. Been busy. Hope you guys have a fun day. Well, thanks for sticking with us and for tuning in. Head McNeck says Matt and I attended a shooting range together last week. Typically, you're supposed to police your brass, but I was too busy policing that ass. Miss you, Maddie. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, this is from Jared Tank. Thanks for your kind words on my art. It made a, um, it's made of scrap of paper. Oh, oh. cool. That's why I got the texture. Aladdin is doing the Lilo and Stitch remake. So it's uh, finally time to summon Walt and have ah. him watch the world of this shit. Ah. Um, thank you for that so much. Uh, Justin Bernard. Hey guys, how would you go about getting one of these meetups set up? I'm interested in organizing one in Boston. Linked in the description, there's a sign-up sheet where you can put your contact information into the spreadsheet, and then there's a link to the spreadsheet itself so you can see everyone who's signed up. I believe, uh, let me take a look right now. You want to do one more, and I'll, I'll report back on how many people sure. are in Boston. Chris Murray in the description says, right now. sorry late to the show. I'm sure it was a great show, and I look forward to watching it tomorrow. It was an okay show. <laughs> we had a few technical. We had a few ups, technical. But, you know, we do what we Sorry, can. Chris, and thank you so much for the donation. Um, um, real quick, my document's taking a little while to load, but I see, yeah, I mean, there's probably 10 people in Boston already on the list. So nice. put your information in there and just, uh, send out some emails. You got everybody's email in there and you can, you can meet up with them. Jeff Miller, Trump's emergency wouldn't be a precedent to guns. Like Pelosi said, he's 
doing this to enforce an existing law, not doing it, creating a new law by executive order like they would have had to do for guns. Yeah, I mean, there are some distinctions that said fundamentally, uh, you know, I want Congress to retain its power of the purse. You want to spend from the federal government perspective. That's got to be done through Congress. That would be my my um, my preference. But but point taken, it's not exactly the same right. what, what Pelosi's talking about. Thank you, Jeff. And this is Caleb Sparks. I believe this is the last one. Sorry if I already answered this earlier, but would the national emergency thing Trump is using become precedent? I assume he means precedent for future presidents to use to take away our rights. Thanks for all you both do. Yeah, I mean, that's um, up for debate. I'm sure they'll reference this when they're trying to take our guns. Yeah, and I mean, the tricky thing with that is, one, what he's doing is constitutionally suspect, as is. If he was yeah. trying to take away a constitutional right in the process, you got a double problem. So as a, as a practical matter, I'm not worried about like my rights being taken away this way. What I'm worried about is having a president that's becoming closer to a king as opposed to a chief executive. Yeah, I agree. And I just... I, I mean, if you've been listening to the show, I want power decentralized. I want executive authority in particular minimized. And so that's that's generally why I'm wary of this. I have one more. On oh, the, me too. On, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Piers uh, Lord Phillips says, yeah. you were both fatties. Further and better particulars required. A few rapidly depreciating Aussie shekels for you both. Not to be used to buy donuts. Um, I wasn't ever super fat, but I used to drink. I don't drink anymore. Hmm. And just eat garbage. I'm 5'6", and at my fattest i weighed like 147 pounds mm. these days i keep it around 120 125 i was up at 230 and these days i weigh 200 so I was yeah about 30 so we both were over. like 30 pounds yeah. overweight yeah uh jim pounds. says a, a back a black felon i assume he means with an illegal <laughs> gun kills five people in illinois surprise 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 had it been white, or had he had he been white, it would have been national news, or the national news media would still be talking about it. Instead, he's one more. Uh, instead, it's just one more dead people in Chicago area. No big deal. Jeez, it's it's harsh, but I I can't say that it's insane. You know, I can't say that's wrong. <laughs> Redicus, uh, to quote Crowder, that uh, that bitch's blood. Oh, that bitch's blood type is pudding. That's one of his all-time <laughs> best quotes, I must say. Blood type pudding. Plus, you missed my Streamlabs about doing a CGI Robin Williams in Blue Man Group for Aladdin. I'm sorry I missed that one. I could circle back and see if I can find it. Uh, yeah, I don't see it in here. Maybe I'm just missing it. But yeah, uh, CGI Robin Williams probably would have been better <laughs> than, than Will Smith. That was regrettable. But hey, uh, let's get the hell out of here before we're all finished up. Yeah, I think we're good. Thank you so much, guys. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Yeah. My bad, my bad. And thanks for, uh, thanks for everybody in the super chat, hanging out, supporting the show. Thanks for everybody watching live. These, this kind of dense shows like this where it's a lot of technical issues, like the national emergency stuff, they're always hectic. you know. It's a, <laughs> so appreciate everybody hanging out and making it a little bit easier. Well, we're trying to deliver as much accurate information as we can in an area that's not of our particular expertise but we <laughs> do what we can anyway if you're listening later on youtube or on an audio platform thank you kindly as well for supporting the show all those audio platforms are linked in the description for you uh and if you'd like to support the show check out the new website mattchristensenmedia.com got all the podcasts all my videos uh and and built-in support structures over there that's mattchristensenmedia.com you can email us too. That's beauty and the beta at gmail.com. In the meantime, we'll be back next Sunday. Because if it's Sunday, it's not Meet the Press. Chuck Todd, sorry. It's Beauty and the Beta. See you then. Bye, guys.